pussy, pussy, pussy marijuana. I wanna smoke weed every day, and I'm gonna eat that pussy. Period. Comma. Pause. Behold the applause. I want to mold and fold the laws. I'll be bold on roll the gauze. I want to touch your pee pee hole. Blunt in the other hand, watch me roll. Don't gotta watch, but watch them flows. Don't gotta clock, but clock them hoes. Don't ever sleep, can't watch me doze. Now I'm back now, rolling in the lack now. Gonna put a smack down to this fucking whack town. P-U-double-S-Y till I die I might be fat but my bitches stay fly Maybe it's because I'm so high in the sky I don't got a job so la 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 Oh yes Word to your mother bitches Annie Milanakis in the house Yeah setting it down uh, That was the best intro ever <laughs> Annie I, I have, I'm really happy I was shocked when you signed To my Twitter account <laughs> I, I really was actually surprised oh, so me when and, he uh, followed you on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm mean. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you're one of the three big ones. You know, you have Zach Galifianakis, <laughs> Sasha Gray, who ha- who hasn't happened to be a Greek. She's Greek. She's yeah, Greek. Yeah, yeah. That's why she's taken in butt. But anyway, um, <laughs> and you, you know, you 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 guys are the three big ones. I can't think any other. Oh, Gen- Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Oh, like she's the Greek? biggest Greek. Yeah. She's Greek, yeah. Oh, I had no Mia idea. Vardalos. Because she's Greek, she also takes it in the ass. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> John Uh-oh. Stamos. Hello. Also he's takes Greek. it in Dream the ass. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> and I, in the I'm, mouth. I like Stamos. Too. He was on my show. He's dope. He's oh, I didn't know they're Greek. Yeah. And of course, my friend Angelo Sarukas. Angelo, yeah. comedian. There's a lot of Greeks. This is great because. But Armenians are. Lily. You guys all have a common enemy. So, uh, we do. That's what we bonded well, on Turks. our oppressors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, my friend Suna is Turkish. Uh, we had that discussion she was like i'm sorry yeah she apologized <laughs> on behalf of the <laughs> ottoman empire <laughs> about the armenian genocide which also massacred a lot of greeks yeah you know people some, don't really some talk people about get drunk and talk about like fucking chicks <laughs> she's like i'm sorry about the turkish <laughs> like that's what she does when she gets drunk <laughs> <laughs> that was nice you did a great job with her i don't know if you instilled that in her or i mean that- yeah i mean she's my neighbor and i was like yo bitch it's all about the greeks you guys are assholes like give us some fucking props no. Tell, tell her to give us our land back. How about that? I just want her to give me a piece of that pie. <laughs> 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 well, what, what was it like growing up as a, uh, you know, Greek person in um, New York? Well, you all know, all the diners were Greeks, right? I mean, yeah, all the diners. My father basically um, a field trip for me with my dad was to go into the back of every kitchen mm-hmm. of every diner in the whole United States, which is not really that fun, but. You know what was fun was my father obviously like setting the whole cliche of owning diners. He owned some diners also, so I mean, what? How did I'm I'm curious. How did that happen? Like just about every <coughs> diners owned by Greeks in New York City. It's one of those weird things, man. Just like Middle Easterners with gas stations. Yeah, Greeks yeah. with diners. Yeah, Japanese with sushi restaurants. <laughs> well, <laughs> a lot of Koreans actually in there, like yes. too. Yeah, shout out to Sushi Park. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean it was kind of fun when I was young, like as a little chubster, being able to make my own milkshakes or like you know when you're at a restaurant, you ever go to a diner where you just have a hot chocolate and they put whipped cream on it and you're yeah. like, oh, this is the best, and then you take two spoons of it and then you're like, this hot chocolate sucks now. It doesn't have whipped cream on it. 
when your father owns the diner, you could just take the whipped cream can and just keep spraying it. <laughs> Straight to your mouth. Straight in your fucking little can, mouth. Can to mouth <laughs> all the time. Um, but, you know, the real, fu- the, that part, as far as, you know, he was really strict. He yeah. was kind of like very close-minded. So that definitely had some kind of effect on me. But my mother was the reverse. She's like really, really open-minded and really cool. And my father was like the breadwinner. So my mother is the one who raised me. Right. And that's why I'm such a great individual. Um, <laughs> but um, Greek yeah. moms are really hardworking and, and really No, she's not Greek. Oh, she's not Greek? No, she's, oh. yeah, she's not. She's half Irish, half Italian. So. I see. And uh. she was born here. She's not like, that's like a couple, you know, generations removed. So she's just like a hardcore American. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hardcore American. Um, I, I, you know, I think Dimitri Martin is he Greek? Yeah, he is. I I listened to his comedy special and it's really good, but made made me even more laugh when I listened to that commentary track. And his grandmother was pretty big, prominent part of it, and she was hilarious. Just that she definitely had the earthly, you know, really mothery, yeah, warm person, you know. And Greeks are really warm. Like I I go to yeah. Greece all the time, and like. One thing about America that sucks is you could have a neighbor and not know their first name 10 years after living next to them. You yeah. don't know their first name. They all just like look down when you see them. In Greece, your neighbor not only knows your name, but they just walk into your house at any time. Mm. They start cooking for you. They take yeah. care of your kids. When my father's up in the mountains of like Crete, there's like tourists riding by on bicycles and they bring them over. They're like, hey, come over here. Come over here. And they give them a shot. They feed them. Um, it's not weird that if you go to a little cafe and you meet someone that you're over their house eating dinner the same night. Like in America, just imagine on not a, not a gay tip, but just imagine meeting another dude, Yeah, which is always more awkward. Uh, Meeting a girl, there's always potential for like, oh, we might hook up. This is some stranger hookup thing. But meeting another dude of the same sex and not being gay Imagine meeting someone like that in America at a yeah. coffee shop, and then that same night you were over his house for dinner. Yeah. That would be the creepiest, weirdest shit ever. But in other countries, it's so warm mm-hmm. that it's not weird. It's natural. It's like we're all human beings. Let's just fucking, you know, let's... But why, what, what happened here? I mean, uh, like, I, I, I go to Netherlands a lot for obvious reason. Um, <laughs> hookers. Uh, yeah. Hookers. But there's so many great <laughs> Greek restaurants, and, like, it's it really is stereotype. It's exaggeration of truth, but like every one of them, like they give you extra food, want to know yeah. where you're from, and I thought are they trying to take advantage, get no, an no, extra no, tip but, or something, or just wanted me to come back over and over because mm. the food was good enough, I was going to come back anyway. But they they show you a picture of the, their family, like they're very yeah. warm, and I, I really think like, and it wasn't creepy at all. Like this is like if you ever go to Greece, yeah. if you ever go Athens. You know, They're my, really hospitable people. Yeah, and you know it's it's weird without being too hallmarky and yeah. too corny. There's something so great about other humans that could be just warm to strangers, warm-hearted to mm-hmm. strangers. Yeah, because America is filled with fucking pricks, and it's kind of like nice to see both sides of that. Yeah, and after I experienced that, I used to go to Greece every summer with yeah. my father, and I would stay there for like two months at a time kind of growing up around that, like I, I kind of got to see another perspective and I'm really happy about Greek? that. I speak enough. I don't okay. Malaka. That's what uh-huh. Angela always called me. Hey Malaka, Malaka. how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. That I, means I, jerk I off, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Malaki means jerking off? 
It Malaka means jerk off, but it's the same thing as saying, uh, shut up, dick. Shut up, stupid. Okay. They use it in a very, like... Love, loving way. Loving way, and also they'll say it 50 times in a sentence. Like, yeah. Malaka, 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 Malaka. So, like, it loses its weight as actually jerking off. Yeah. It's more about, like, a friendly, vulgar thing of saying, like, hey, dick, shut up, dick. Come on, asshole. Come on, asshole. Because every time I see Russell Peters and Angela Sirikas, they always call me, hey, Malaka. <laughs> <laughs> but they know. say it with their dick in their hands. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's in San Fernando Valley. All right. Um, um, is that why you identify more with your Greek side, I guess? Because um, I didn't know you were half. It could be, you seem yeah. very, not, not that you're proud, but you're very, you embrace am, your crush. You know what? I am proud, though. I, I, I actually am. You should be. I really, really love it. Um. I love the culture, I love the people, and I love that warmth so much that I'm, like, really, really proud of my heritage. Yeah. So, like, even though I wasn't born there, a lot of my mentality, like, growing up, going there, like, for two, three months at a time, yeah. I I'm I have so much heart for that, like, style of human being than yeah. the cold-ass fucking Americans that I've met in my life. Well, and I, obviously, there's yeah. good people here, too, but... Just it's so whole. culturally different here, and yeah. I can totally relate to what you're saying, being of Armenian descent. <laughs> um, we're the same way, uh, very loving and embracing and want yeah. people to be warm and want people to come over, and you sit your whole table out in front of them and give them everything you have, whether you're broke or yeah. rich. You just It's about giving. And because here why in America, not be like that? Exactly. Like, why the fuck not be like that? We're all humans. We're all in it together. Why not be fucking warm-hearted? And mm. I'm not saying I'm like that here because you can't be like that here. I can't trust people here. I'm not going to invite some there's random. So well, this is very different, well, isn't it? Because there's a Hollywood. lot of different cultures here, though, and I think that yeah. kind of assimilation or integration actually hasn't happened yet, where we are even because we're kind of we're ingrained from a young age, I believe, to to feel like we're separate and different from each other, and it becomes harder than to in the American culture, which what the fuck is American culture? It's it is. It's Hollywood and apple pie and baseball and all these things are detached from us. But when you look at other cultures that are within the American culture, you see the warmth and but it's a little it's segregated, which is kind of sad. And I, I don't see it changing either. I see it yeah. turning into idiocracy. You see mm. the movie Idiocracy? Yeah. Where just every all the dumb genes survive and all exactly. the like smart you know, collegiate people like they, they die off. They die off <laughs> and yeah. everybody's just like, you know, completely mind-numbingly dumb um and i feel like that's where america's going yeah <laughs> god bless america and do, it's so you, fear-based here too do you feel that way because i mean la is a little different right because it is show business town and there are lots of um questionable people in the business i, I just feel that way about the masses like yeah. i, I mm -hmm. surround myself with great people and i feel like i'm gonna always be able mm -hmm. to find great people um but i feel like when you Talk about the masses, even though it becomes a blanket statement. It's like when you see what's really out there, yeah. it's complete fucking bullshit yes. whackness. Yes. So growing up in New York, Greek family. So two months out of a year, you go to Greece. Wonderful mm -hmm. experience. So you're a normal kid. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you're a happy kid. I was pretty happy. I mean, going to Greece wasn't paradise for me, though, because like, I didn't have my own money. I was young. Yeah. And it wasn't like going to some beautiful island sitting on a beach like spoiled brat. Yeah. I'd be in the mountains. The population in the village was 13. My best Tur friend. Wait, wait. 13. That's it? Yeah. My best friend was a goat. <laughs> everywhere you everywhere you drive. Yeah. You're up in the mountains with no guardrails. 
and every two feet you see a statue of the Virgin Mary, that's yeah. when a car goes off the cliff and falls. And to get to the beach, it was like 20 minutes down the hill, and we would um, take this big bus, and when the bus goes to the beach, yeah. they close the whole road down. So no cars can be driving from these certain hours. And we have this 95-year-old man who's sweating and looks like he's going to drop dead of a heart attack any any instant driving this huge bus when you look out of the window you just see straight down to your death and he's driving this double wide bus on these little fucking dirt roads 4,000 feet in the air and you're like risking your fucking entire life just to go to the beach um and you know growing up i didn't appreciate that as much it was just like in a desolate little shack you have to shit in a fucking hole yeah there's no bathroom um, the TV station is snow and like some Greek station. Um, and now when I go, obviously I find like it's peaceful and I, and I have my own money and I could do my own thing. I go to beautiful islands and go to island hopping. Yeah. But as a kid, I was stuck in this little village, like in the Flintstones where they wash their clothes by hand. Were, they, were the kids nice to you or, or because you're American, did they pick on you? No, they were nice to me. I okay. have like a lot of cousins my age and like, okay. and you know, so we were we were close and wait, stuff. Wait, why? Why didn't you like them? Why did I like them? Oh no, did you say that you didn't like no, them? No, I did. Oh, like okay, them. okay, sorry. Yeah, I, did like them. I didn't. I mean, we did. We didn't always see eye to eye. You know, yeah. they they were very different. So we, we definitely had fights. You know, kids are not going to just sit in a fucking corner and sing kumbaya. Yeah. Like kids get into fights and stuff. But overall, like you know, we liked each other and got in a corner. Do they? Rec- I, I'm, I'm sure they recognize you in Greece, right? Um, not really that much. I went to Greece right? two summers ago. Yeah. And um it was kind of like cool. Um, but I think maybe like two or three people came up to me, but a lot of like there there were like a whole week at a time where yeah. no one came up to me and it was kinda cool. But it kind of like retested my strength of like macking on bitches because I was like, Whoa, why do I have to put so much work in all of a yeah. sudden? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh yeah, because people haven't seen me on T V here, like this is a different what is game. That? So what is that like? Tell me more about that. So what's the difference between Mac and on girls here when people know who you are and, and elsewhere? Well, I mean, first of all, there's definitely a crazy thing in Hollywood. Like if, if someone's seen you on TV, like you hold, you totally get a vibe from a girl like that this is the reason why. And it's not always black and white, you know? It's not always like, yeah, I'm a complete fucking Hollywood dick sucker. You're on fucking TV. Let me fuck you. It's not always so black and white where it's, like, gross. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a little gray area, but... Do you feel anything from Lilith because of that? Do I feel anything because of her? With my <laughs> hand on your cock right now? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, on I, TV? I feel very, very uncomfortable. I feel blood flow. Wow, Armenians <laughs> really like Greeks. All right. Um, my ex-boyfriend was Greek. I know a lot oh, of Oh, is that right? Yeah. I really like it. A lot. Yeah. I could see your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, like, it's it's really funny because I do live music too, yeah. and and with the whole acting shit, and I, not to sound like I'm fucking anyone important because there's a lot of people way 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 higher on the totem pole than me, <coughs> but I've been working out here for a while, and sometimes people recognize me, and um, when it's like a little bit subtle, it's kind of like cool, and like you know, I kind of just use it to my advantage sometimes, but with music, yeah. Fuck all the TV and the acting. When you perform live on stage and you get off stage, the groupie level of doing live music is fucking tenfold, tenfold than <laughs> acting. Yeah. There's bitches who are just like handing me their panties, like taking their panties off and handing it to me and just very desperately like, 
fucking like like yo I had to drop this girl off she's like yo I'm not like um I'm not going home I'm not going home I'm coming up with you like they're so forward that it's kind of a turn off and like you know I don't know it, it sounds like stupid to not always take advantage of it but like there, there's sometimes where it's so awkward and so forward they're like I don't even want it you know? I, I do want to know details um later on you know what what prompts you to get in show business and things like that but when stuff that you were just talking about when that happens first couple of times I mean what's going through your head I don't I, the first time, well, I shot my show in New York, right. and by the time I got back to L.A., um, I think two episodes already aired. Yeah. And the first time I went out to a club, I walked into the club, and like 50 people kind of was like right up on me, because it was like right when this was like the new hot thing, commercials, like the TV yeah. show just started airing, and I had my first panic attack ever. I didn't even know it was a panic attack. I couldn't breathe, and I was like... And there was, like, people surrounding me, and I went into the corner somewhere, and I was, like, puking, and I couldn't breathe, and I was, like, gasping for air. Yeah. And I was, like, fuck, this is so crazy how, like, I'm an outgoing person. I was never really a shy person. Right. But somehow all this extra attention just crippled me, and it was fucked up. And it happened a few more times. And then after that, I kind of got a little used to it, so it didn't really happen as much. And I, you know, it it wasn't like an ongoing thing, but like still to this day when it's like a big crowd of people, yeah, it's like a little bit overwhelming and kind of sometimes I have to like take a breath and I'm like, like when I do a live show, um, I don't get stage fright of going on stage to perform, but I get nervous energy about if we don't have a green room area and there's just like 50 people around yeah. us before I have to go on and perform the energy of people talking in my ear and asking me questions before I have to go on stage, that combination gives me a panic attack. Yeah. Mm. And it's, like, really overwhelming. Sometimes I, like, take a little chip of Xanax and, like, and I'm really so careful with that shit. Like, I don't drink that night. Yeah. And people are like, you're not drinking. This is your show. You're in fucking Miami. And I'm like, you know what? I got a little anxiety. People were fucking on my dick too much and they were in whispering in my ear all this shit before I had to get on stage and yeah. I got nervous. I took a little chip of Xanax so I'm like, you know what? I'm not drinking tonight. Sorry, I, I, I don't take that kind of stuff. What is that? Is it anti-anxiety? Anti-anxiety, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, benzodiazepine. Mm. I'm glad we have somebody with master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Dubai I worked Institute. in drug, drug and alcohol <laughs> addiction, my friend. I, <coughs> I dropped out of high school so <laughs> I'm on the same page. Yeah, you're doing better than all of us. <laughs> I, I, I think that kind of stuff is overrated because, I, yeah, you is. know, I, I think mm-hmm. you have a very high comedy IQ, emotional IQ. Mm-hmm. You know, you're very friendly. You know, I think um, Thank you. those things really matter, you know. Um, I I have a mixed feelings about what, what you say because that... I know that anxiety. I don't yeah. know because some, a lot of times I am so uncomfortable... That, that the time period you have to wait to go up, I'm more nervous at that point. I just feel like, can I just go up and just then finish and leave? That's my... Uh, yeah, that makes sense to me because sometimes when the stage is there and they have the mics ready, yeah. and they're like, go up in 15 minutes. And then they're like, nah, like, go up in 20 minutes. Like, they keep postponing it. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. Sometimes I just walk on stage and I grab the mic and I say something to the crowd. And just the fact that I did that, kind of like is a, like a little bit of yeah. a release where I'm not performing yet but at least I got on stage and I said a couple things yeah so I released a little anxiety and then I'm like okay cool 
in 15 minutes I'm going to go up and perform. Yeah. But I already kind of was on stage. Yeah. I shouted out to the crowd. They cheered, blah, blah, blah. And I got out of, that out of my system a little bit. But yeah, it's it's sometimes it's nerve wracking. And it's I'm so jealous because I'm in a group with two other guys. Yeah. They're fucking, you know, doing drugs and drinking in the back with bitches. And they're like, yeah, we're going to go fucking do a couple songs. No big deal. Whatever, bro. And I'm like in the corner, like a little crippled weirdo. Like, yeah. Fuck. I got to go on stage. <laughs> like, why, why don't you do as much drugs and alcohol as they do? You know, I do drink. I mean, I'm fucking. This is my breakfast today is fucking some Kavasi yeah. cognac. Um, at they, six o'clock in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're drinking too. I don't judge. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying <laughs> no, like, at breakfast. You know, I'm I'm no, it, yeah. it is my breakfast. But um, I do drink. I don't really do heavy drugs. Right. But I probably do drink around as much as them. But I can't drink when I know I have to perform. I might have to take a little Zanny. Um, and I also like I'm in my. Is that head. okay with alcohol? No, no, that's why I don't it's mix not okay. them. Okay, good. I don't mix them. I'm very careful. Um, but I'm not in that headspace where I want to party. And the green room, it's like, yeah, this is the green room for you before you go on stage. And then there's 20 bitches back there that creep their way back there with their tits. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'll talk to you after the show. And that's yeah. that's going to be cool. But right now, get the fuck out of my face. I want to just be in the corner by myself, go on stage. And then after, I'm going <laughs> to be completely outgoing and normal again yeah you know i think that's great because as performers um especially and even uh, the way i kind of see it um is that there's fans out there who are expecting you to perform and have put like who maybe spent their last forty dollars on the ticket and it took them three hours to get there and they're yeah. just really counting on seeing such a good show they've invested so much of themselves and into <coughs> doing it and i think that's really respectful that you perceive it that way and that you take it so seriously that in a way that you that can frame your understanding of what makes you perform well and you give the audience that part of you yeah well i like i like that that makes sense but i can't give myself all the credit it's not really me sacrificing myself or my good time for them yeah as much as a is it's a necessary evil for me to deal uh, with it yeah. and cope yeah. with it you know what i mean yeah like it's not all me like, oh, I got to be great for the fans. It's more like, oh, I got to be able to go out there and not you. fucking throw up. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, um, but I think that that's what I think is so admirable, though. Not yeah. that you need to be sacrificial by any means, but I think that you're just, it's, I just see it as a, on a professional level. That's yeah, yeah, very yeah. cool of you to Yeah, for sure. To do that. Yeah, I mean, I like to give them a good show. Like, people are hyping it up. They yeah. advertise it. People are tweeting me about it. Like, a month before the show, they're tweeting me <clears> pictures of tickets. And I'm like, holy shit, they have tickets already? They're talking about it a month before? And I'm going to go up there like a nervous asshole and do three songs and leave? Like, they're thinking about this way longer than I am. I'm like, definitely want to, you know, try to give them a good show. Did you start doing performance arts when you were a kid? Was was that show business to run your family? Or is it something you did on your own? No, I did it on my own. I, I honestly never really wanted to come out to Hollywood. I, I never really wanted to be an actor or comedian. I just always loved comedy. I watched mm -hmm. SNL like really early on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was a big fan of like old Adam Sandler stuff, like Billy Madison. I love it. Old SNL stuff. Yeah. And I was really good with computers. And, you know, I, um, I wasn't aiming to do anything because back then before YouTube was out, yeah. people don't create stuff on the Internet. 
and have it lead to a career. Right. That was unimaginable, and it wasn't my goal because I I didn't even know it existed. Right. So I knew about computers, and I was kind of up on internet, and I, um, you know, I got a little webcam, and I just started doing little weird videos because I I knew what it was capable of. I was like, okay, cool. There's a camera now that you can get that plugs into your computer, and you can videotape yourself. How do you get it online? You need your own website. Yeah. You need to embed the video files. Yeah. I need to make three different encodes of the video files on some geek shit. But I was a computer geek, so I just figured out how to do all that. And before YouTube was out, I had 100 videos on on my friend Brian Lynch's website, and we did a website together. Um, yeah, and you did it just for, this is just for fun. You weren't even, fun. You I mean, even thinking, making career out of it. Honestly, on my even after like my 80th video, mm-hmm. I would have like five comments only on every video yeah. that I would spend like hours on. And I would have like a hundred views on a video that I spent yeah. hours on. But it was like fun. And even a hundred back then when the internet wasn't booming back then, it was still like, oh, people I don't know are talking about me. Like, this is kind of cool. And, you know, and that's crazy because don't you have like between 40, 50 million people already checked your website? I mean, uh, YouTube clips. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. Now it's huge. Now it's huge. It's a completely different thing. People are getting shows and TV yeah. deals and making millions off the Internet now. But back then it wasn't like that. And yeah. honestly, I got an email from Jimmy Kimmel and I thought it was like a, a spam email. I almost deleted it <laughs> and I, I, I checked it. And they like wait wait wait. So how did he find your video? Um, I think Bill Simmons sent it to him. You're Bill Simmons. Yes. That you like the sports. Yeah, because I love Bill Simmons. Yeah, the the video was called the Super Bowl is gay. Yeah. And oh, so you were making fun of it? I was making fun. I was making fun of the Super Bowl because after like my hundredth video, I was Mm -hmm. supposed to go to the Super Bowl. I bought this little guitar on Queens. Some lady with a shopping cart had like 50 little like to- like toy guitars. I don't know how to play yeah. instruments or anything. But I bought one because I, I was always trying to find new props and new yeah. cool things I could buy to do put in a video. And I was like, oh, cool, a guitar, 20 bucks. I bought the guitar. And my friend invited me to a Super Bowl party. And I, I really hate sports. I'm like, fuck sports. I'm not into them at all. So instead of going to the Super Bowl party, I was like, I'm going to use this as the theme of my next video. So I did this guitar song called The Super Bowl is Gay where I just start calling the Super Bowl gay and then I start calling like Orange Juice gay and I'm like Orange Juice raped my father and yeah. I just start saying weird shit. Um, and that's the first video that really blew up and it went from like a couple hundred hits to like 100,000 hits every day. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Every day it goes up another increment of 100,000? <laughs> yeah. How long ago was this? This was like 10 years ago. Jimmy Kimmel just emailed me the other day Saying congratulations, it was ten years ago today that your first video aired on TV. Wow! Yeah, um, so it went up a hundred thousand every day. It was on all blogs. I was working at this computer company, and I was getting calls every day <laughs> from radio stations trying right. to do interviews. And I was like, "Lot," they're like, "Andy, we need to fix the network. We can't bill out. This is an accounting firm. We can't bill out at uh, our hours. You need to fix the network." And I'm like talking to like <coughs> Kiss FM and yeah. shit, being like, "Yeah, I just do videos, blah blah blah." I'm a fucking dumb idiot kid. Um, and uh, and then eventually the Kimmel thing happened. And can, can I tell you something? Yeah. Uh, this is an amazing story, but <laughs> and it just shows how sad my life is, because 
<laughs> so, so it, it it's so, not that world's tallest leprechaun shirt you're no, wearing. No, well, I'm on that. <laughs> I was so excited this week because on one day we broke the record and like downloaded two thousand, right? And and I was watching uh, Lipson.com because I was stuck like one thousand nine hundred ninety four, like so I keep pushing into 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 until like bump up to two thousand, and like I thought like that's fucking incredible, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I got cried or anything, but like that's amazing because that's good of, for us. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Hundred thousand increment a day. <laughs> but you know what? Also, what you got you got to think about this though. I love doing it. Yeah. And the other ninety nine videos, we're getting a couple hundred hits a day, yeah. and I still did it, and I still was happy. Yeah. yeah. So like, fuck everything. Like, <laughs> you keep doing this. Obviously. If it doesn't blow up and it still gets two thousand hits every day for the whole length of the podcast, as long as you still have fun, that's cool. Yeah. But if it keeps growing and yeah. blowing up, that's cool too. I mean, I have no idea if this is gonna come to fruition or be good for you. But I just had a meeting. I told my boy I was going on your podcast, and yeah. he goes, "Oh, what's the podcast? Is it good?" I was like, "Yeah, he's funny as fuck." And he goes, "Okay, give him my business card. We have a whole network of podcasts, and we do advertising and blah yeah. blah. Who knows? You like that's how fucking shit works in Hollywood. You call this guy up." You suck his dick a little bit and like, you know, you might be Lily, Lily, okay. <laughs> you know I'm why not, you're here today. I'm not sucking dick. And uh, you know, who knows? Like this shit escalates, man. Yeah, thanks. I mean I I I, I don't know what to say because when you you know, con that on my Twitter account, you know, it was very nice of you. You know, you really didn't have to do any of that, and you had He nothing. was excited, he yeah, said, I, I, he told I, I me about it. Because <laughs> I've seen your stuff, but I was I was still like blown away you were nice you were so nice because yeah i mean i'm a fan like when i found i started doing art a while ago and i just was like researching yeah. art i watched the basquiat documentary five times i'm friends with this guy pat from ruka great guy yeah awesome dude he's helped me a lot with my art david cho's friend yeah he mentioned david cho and i was like who's this david cho guy i heard about the facebook story yeah. and i was like okay and i googled it and i found the dirty hands documentary and it was really inspirational like He's a fucking maniac asshole, and I, I love him. And um, Lovable asshole. He's a lovable asshole. I mean, I only met him <coughs> once, but yeah. um, I'd suck his dick. No, um, but um, uh, I actually really got inspired from his, his uh, movie, his documentary. T to give you some idea, <clears throat> um, you know, like you were saying, your family's, uh, or at least your father's side is Greek, and you visit your family in Greece, and they're so lovable and kind. Mm-hmm. I met Dave's parents, and I'm telling you, this is if you're not Asian person, it's very hard to understand. But for his dad, who sacrificed everything, because mm -hmm. he was a very talented artist, but his family told him when he was a young guy, like, you need to drop that shit, and you have to get a regular job and take care of your family. He sacrificed everything, right? Because he was a very talented artist. David's father? Yeah, that's where, obviously, Dave inherited the talent, right? For this guy to come to another country... And believe me, I know people get mad he at him. He told Dave to stop doing art? No, no, no. Dave's, Dave's grandfather told Dave's dad not to do art and get a regular job. And so like he that. gave up his dream to raise yeah. his family. So he, so Dave's dad eventually got over here. He sacrificed everything for the kids and work hard. And like when you sacrifice that much, you want to get some payback. You know, you want the yeah. kids to go to law school or get, become a lawyer or whatever, take care of them. Only thing he ever asked from his kids, my, this is my understanding from Dave, that he just wanted them to be happy and do what they want to do. So that's okay. not an easy thing for Asian parents, believe me. That's oh not normal. Yeah, yeah, we know. And, you know, my father's <laughs> Greek. He's closed-minded, too. And 
<coughs> um, when I started doing videos, I was living with my dad. Yeah. And my dad would come in my room being like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you screaming to the computer? Why are you doing these videos? You're wasting your time. You're wasting your yeah. time. And Does he think that now? Yeah, exactly. And then, <laughs> and then, and then a- after I did that, before like Jimmy Kimmel found my shit, I started taking improv classes yeah. at Upright Citizens Brigade. And then that's when he started seeing me spending money for comedy. Yeah. And then he goes, they're stealing your money. Stop this shit. Stop the bullshit. Cut the bullshit, Ray Andy. Cut the bullshit. They're stealing your money because he's so close-minded and skeptical. And that's, I paid all this money, yeah. and then like, you know, finally it was like a really good release. Even though I feel like I don't have anything to prove, it was really nice to be able to show him his own last name on TV, yeah. being like, yeah. "Dad, fuck you. Look at that." Yeah. Yeah. Remember all the time you showed me, tell me to stop doing this. Now what do you got to say? <laughs> and he just has this shit-eating grin with fucking zero teeth because he doesn't go to a dentist and. Every time his teeth was um, fucked up, he would pull them out with a pliers. <gasps> oh, fucking <laughs> it! <laughs> That's really old school. <laughs> and when he gets sick, he doesn't go to the doctor. He finds why? His, he, why? He finds his friend with random antibiotics from like five years ago, and he gets random antibiotics, and he doesn't know which antibiotic it is. And he was so sick in bed. I was really. This is the first time I was really scared for my father's yeah. life. He had like his face was blue. He was like laying in bed. He couldn't move. He could hardly speak. And I go, Dad, you have to go to a doctor. Please go to a doctor. Yeah. He was scaring me. And he's like, no, I got some antibiotic. I was like, oh, you went to the doctor? He goes, no, my friend gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just That's the t- best health care ever. <laughs> he just my started taking random antibiotics, <laughs> and he got better. Like, <laughs> Are you sure he's not from Sparta? <laughs> because, wow. That's really old school. He's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for your dad, and I'm sure it was very difficult for you because that sounds pretty typical for very many immigrant parents, you yeah. know? I'm sure he was scared, like, he sacrificed all that. Yeah. And you're well, doing stuff that, like, what the fuck is this, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. He probably wants you to go to school and God knows what, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I was a, I was a terrorist school. Like, I just was never into it. I dropped out. Um, my final grade in 11th grade was, like, 30 all across the board. Cause I used to skip class and go like yeah. different places, but um, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember him getting on my case. He used to let. He used to be like so so strict. Um, and now he wasn't physical with you, was he? Um, you know, he never really beat the shit out of me. He yeah. was he was old school enough to fucking spank me and like hit me. Yeah, but not in like a. I'm bloodied up because my father's fucking abusing me. More kind of like, this is how we do it back then. Right. Like, this is how we do it there. Yeah. I'm going to fucking whoop your ass with a belt right now. And he did do that. Um, and there were definitely times where I kind of like, you know, because he was really mean to my mother because my mother was like um, old school, open mind. I mean, not old school. She was o- open minded and he's old school. Like, yeah. women should be cooking and cleaning, mm-hmm. which I wow. kind of agree with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, he was really like, you know, shitty to her and I obviously took her side because I kind of like was raised by her and I kind of saw how things really were in the world and I kind of like, you know, didn't always like him growing up. Did he ever show you like the soft side or never? Yeah, he did. And he's, he's kind of a softy now. Like, um, does he regret maybe the way he treated you? I don't think so. He didn't really treat me that bad. Yeah. I, if anything that I resent him for out of anything is how he treated my mom, not yeah. me. Once in a while, a belt to the ass, like big deal. He didn't. He didn't hurt me badly. Yeah. But how verbally abusive he was to my mom, 
was like not acceptable and I do really love my dad and I get along with my dad, but I do kind of have a little bit of resentment yeah. when I think back about that. I'm like, you were kind of an asshole. I know it's because you're from Greece and you were born yeah. and raised there. And I know that's what's in your brain, you know, and it was kind of normal to you to be like that, but that's not right, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, also interesting because when you think about Greece, you know, comedy and tragedy is just like world huh. famous i mean mm -hmm. it, 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 they invented that shit. yeah like every educated people started with homer's iliad and odyssey right like the greece is just the yeah beginning Gre of a western greeks, civilization the greeks made homer simpson yes wow. <laughs> i wouldn't give him that much so now the greeks yeah there's a lot of of culture and history and absolutely just, architecture and math everything. i mean science yeah, yeah. so you come from a good line of people. <laughs> but also, there's still definitely that um, patriarchal sense of the man is the man of the house and a woman has her place. So there are yeah. a little... In is America... Still, is it still strong? Oh, yeah. That was the same with my ex-boyfriend's family. Yeah. Like, he was the man. And, and it's really hard to judge people for that when they come from cultural. a place... Yeah. yeah, when they come from a place where that's normal. Yeah. Exactly. If it was, you know... This is going to sound like super extreme, but if there was a fucking country out there or a place out there where it's like it's totally normal to rape girls like like don't don't ask for their permission just rape girls and it you know and that does that does exist i'm sure in some cultures where it's like it happens way more and not like a travesty like it is in the america Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Wait, that's a but like if, if that was like you grew up like that and you were instilled those views if you came here and did that you would be like oh what am i doing wrong you yeah. know like it's like everyone has their own normal yeah, your yeah. brain gets your brain has your own you have your own reality tunnel of what's normal and what's kind of like right not right but what's what's natural and if you're instilled those views of yeah. like this is what's natural are you really an asshole or is that's just how your brain works has your relationship with your father affected your relationship with women um or like influenced i don't it? think so because I, i'm I think I just got more from my mom just because, like I said, she's the one who was there all the time raising me. And he was and she kinda, was really sweet, right? And she's yeah. such a sweet lady. Like, yeah. I, I really, like, I'm such a mama's boy in the sense where, like, I don't know if I'm a mama's boy, like, the the definition of a mama's boy, but I really love her so much. Yeah. And the, the stuff that she's done for me, like, well, like while, like, raising me, I have, like, zero complaints. Yeah. And she's such a just good person i feel like when you're young and your brain's a sponge and you're soaking up all this stuff from yeah. like a ch like childhood i like give her all the credit and i f i do feel like i'm a good person because of her you know i think that's sick Mwah. no um <laughs> but awesome. I, I do yeah no i do get i give her a lot of credit because she's just a dope person yeah any any man who has a good relationship with his mother is usually a good man let me tell you i'm in trouble then <laughs> i'm serious he almost beat his stepmom to death yeah. <laughs> I um, I heard that story. <laughs> I, I that kind of stuff always worries me, you know, because um, Dave. I don't know why I keep bringing, you know, because we. Uh, oh, David Cho, fuck yeah. that asshole! This is the Yogi had, Denton podcast. <laughs> fuck had, David Cho! I hope you're listening. I'm gonna text you and make you listen to this. Fuck David Cho. He uh. he preferred to hear stuff like that, but <laughs> yeah. he has he such a good relationship with his mom, you know, and like you do, my friend Russell Peters. Yeah, that's a tough one for me to hear it. You know, because I don't like it, but... Um, but your mom was very different. I mean, your mom was so codependent on you to the point where she would... You were sacrificing your life to take care of your mom. I, I don't there wanna, was a role I, reversal I, 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 there. I don't, I don't want to get into detail, but yeah. um, 
this is kind of a really weird analogy. I'm, I wasn't very critical of Mel Gibson because I, I think when you're that drunk, you do say horrible stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I better not drop the end bomb if I have another no, no, Cabassier. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my first reaction to that was, I think he's just a ho- unhappy person, and when he's drunk, he's in pain. He's in, he's a in lot pain, of pain, and yeah. he doesn't really mean what he say, mm-hmm. but just he was just say the horrible, mean thing to hurt people, you know. And I think yeah. that was my problem with my mom, and she never opened up and told me what was her problem. But uh, whenever she was drunk, and she drinks to, I don't know why. Like when she, whenever she, so people are in pain, they drink, and like yeah. that's the probably the worst thing to do, but they do it. So um, self-medicating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is hard because all my close friends, every one of them have a very close friendship with their moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but everybody's different. I yeah. mean, like you're not completely, you're you're not. Um, what do you call it? And this, and believe me, this is not an easy thing because I I'm 43. This is pretty recent when I started opening up and talking about this stuff because yeah. Asian people don't do that. That's you know? not who you are. You might yeah. have you might have gotten a lot of stuff from your mom. Like yeah. when you when you get stuff from your parents, you can get good and bad. Even if you got all bad, there are there are people there are people who were like just completely abused and yeah. had to leave their families, and they turn out to be great people because your brain is such a strong thing. Like you might have a lot of stuff in you that your mannerisms or how you yeah. treat people that might a lot of it can stem from like who your parents are and how they treated you, but also you have to give yourself credit. We're our yeah. own people. We can you know a lot of stuff that you know. A lot of like what we stand for and who yeah. we are, we kind of just like develop. Our, we our brains develop. We pull things from everything we see. Yeah, you know all of our experiences. It's not just oh my mom, my mom and dad. We don't have yeah. a good relationship, so I'm going to be a shitty person. Like it doesn't. It's not that simple. Yeah, you you you, you still have to make a decision. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have control over when things happen to you, but you definitely have control how you react to it. But anyway, let's not talk about my problem. I I'm not, I want to know. So you're a young kid. Look how uncomfortable he gets when he <laughs> talks about himself. Isn't it great? <laughs> so you're a young kid. Did you really believe it was Jimmy Kimmel? You thought somebody was uh, goofing on you. How do you know? You know when you receive an email well, like that. Well, before so a little bit before that happened, um, I got like tons and tons of emails, like hundreds of emails. I got um, I got an email from uh dave Chappelle, and i was like this is definitely fake wow and um i got what I did got, he say what is i'm curious what did he, he say he said congratulations this is the funniest shit ever awesome blah 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 and this about the super bowl thing? yeah and <coughs> i completely for about four years thought it was fake and then one day i ran into neil brennan and he Who goes, work, you used to work with him. He yeah. was his writing partner. And yeah. he goes, hey, man, did you ever back in the day get an email from me and Dave? We sent you a congratulations message. And I was like, oh, shit, that was real? <laughs> I like four years later, I was I completely <laughs> thought it was fake. So the Jimmy Kimmel email, I kind of thought it was fake. Yeah. But at the same time, I, it wasn't the first thing that happened. First radio stations were calling yeah. me and I was getting attention. So I was like, oh, shit, really, Jimmy Kimmel? I thought it might be fake. Yeah, and then when I called them, um, I didn't call him. I called the producers. Yeah. they started talking about flying me out there to do the song live. Yeah, and then that didn't happen. And I was like, that, by that time I was doing UCB, and I was had a lot of friends in comedy. And I wait, started, wait, so you were in LA or New York New by York. then? New York. Okay. New York. 
So I was doing comedy classes and all that shit, and I was, like, telling my friends, holy shit. Yeah. And then eventually, like, I was, like, thinking it was just going to peter out because yeah. most things in life, when you get too excited about something really big happening, there's always there's always a disappointment. Yeah. You know, usually, oh, oh, my God, this might happen. It's usually a disappointment, and once in a while, you get a lucky surprise. Yeah. And so after talking back and forth to them, finally, <coughs> um, they're like, send us a fax with your signature right now. And tonight we're going to play your video on the air. Oh, my God. And it was, um, I had all my comedy friends. We met at this bar called McManus, and we put it on. Um, and Sarah Silverman was, was on the guest host, and she was on the couch. And, yeah, very and funny. They, they, yeah, they started talking about the video, and they played it. And they're like, I love him. And Jimmy Kimmel was like, I want to adopt that kid. He goes, if Jay Leno tries to get him, I'm going to. Punch him in the face. He goes, that kid's mine. And then... Wait, wait. Is that a reference to when... Uh, what's his name from Howard Stern went to um, Tonight Show? I think it was, actually. Who was it? Um, uh, Stuttering John. <laughs> Stuttering John. I think it, it might have been a reference to that. But he's like, Jay Leno, lay your hands off him. It, there, it was some reference <laughs> to something that happened. Um, and then after that, I was, you know, I was working in computers. I had to keep leaving work and going to like kinkos and like signing release forms and yeah they started they played like five or six of my internet videos and then they're like we might want you to be a correspondent for the show but the only video we have of you interviewing people you're not even on camera you're holding the camera because yeah. i was in queens and i was holding the camera in a blizzard in queens and i walked out and i was like why are you out in a blizzard and they're like giving me all excuses, but meanwhile I'm out in the blizzard too, asking them while while why are they out in a blizzard? They're like, ah, I want to get some Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And then some guys like, why are you out in the blizzard with a five hundred dollar camera? And I was like, I'm in a blizzard. This, this camera is two thousand dollars, first of all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was just kind of harassing people, but they're like, all right, you're not even on the camera. You're just pointing it at yeah. them. We need a video of you where you're on camera to see yeah. how you kind of play. So me and my friend Brian. Went to New York City and I had him hold the camera yeah. and I started feeding homeless women like chicken wings and started talking shit to people. Wait, wait chicken wings? Yeah. Oh, wait, were they black? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. Wow, <laughs> they were homeless. Um, yeah, black homeless. That's weird. So I made like a I made like a seven minute video where I was like rapping yeah. to people, talking shit to people. And I put it on a little DV tape, and I emailed. I I, I actually <laughs> sorry, such a long time DV tape. I haven't yeah. heard that in a while. Okay, DV go tape. ahead. And I mailed it to them, and you know they watched it, and they're like, "We like it." Your first assignment is Panama City Beach, Florida, and they sent me to Florida. I interviewed people, and it went well. Uh, we did a live satellite where I introduced the piece, and then it just kind of blossomed. Where I keep. I remember I, that. I kept going out and going yeah. out to more and more places. Well, so what? What's going through your head, like? Like what's going on? Like, I was I was shocked, man. I was yeah. I was like, I I mean honestly I couldn't believe it. Like it was it was it was nuts, and it was at the point where just even the internet video was so big that yeah. some people in the comedy classes were like, before the Jimmy Kimmel thing aired, were like noticing me, like you're that kid from that video, and um. So what happened <laughs> after you did Kimmel? Like they were going crazy, right? They must have. Yeah, it was it was nuts, man. It was wild, and then eventually they brought me out to Hollywood to to be. You know, they said I'm gonna come to L. A. for a week. Yeah. To um. Is that your first time in California? Yeah, first yeah. time. 
Uh, what an unusual situation to come I know, here. What a good situation. I know. I was supposed to come here one other time. My yeah. friend Jason Muse, he's Kevin Smith. Um, you know Jay and Silent Bob. I was good. I was. Wait, friend, how do you know him? I was just. I was friends with him in New Jersey, um, and uh, I was supposed to go out to his movie premiere. Yeah. And <laughs> wait, wait. So you just happened to know him before you were like. As kids? Well, well, this is the, not as kids. The, this is the thing. The um, the internet videos that I did yeah. were on a website with this guy, Brian Lynch. And Brian Lynch did an independent movie that Kevin Smith funded. Right. I met Brian Lynch because I was a big fan of Kevin Smith. Yeah. At one of the Who isn't? Yeah. One of the screenings that Kevin Smith did, I was yeah. a big fan, so I went there. I met Brian. Brian thought I was funny. We started communicating. And he's like, yo, I'm doing this new website. I saw your first website, which was some other shit that I won't talk about. But yeah. he's like, yo, we should do this website together. Yeah. And, um, and then just from the Kevin Smith world, I became good friends with Jay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, so he invited me to his Jay and Silent Bob premiere. I was really afraid of flying. And I got over the loudspeaker. They go, um, our flight is delayed because they're fixing a part. That's what they said over the loudspeaker. Not like, oh, your flight is delayed. They said, your flight is delayed two hours because they're fixing a part. That's yeah. terrifying. That's not what you want to hear when yeah. you're about to get on a fucking plane. Fuck so no. we get on the plane after two hours, take off down the runway full speed, yeah. right as we're lifting off, and it goes, Arr! everybody screams on the top of their lungs because we're going full fucking force yeah. down the runway. And they stop short. Everybody screams, and then they go, "Sorry, something's still wrong with this plane." <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my god, how I, did you not? Did you stay on the plane? I flipped out. We got. Don't off. tell me it was September 11. No. <laughs> okay, I'm just want to make sure. The flight was canceled. I got off. I was missing the premiere already. I had probably like, I don't know, maybe like five hundred dollars on me that I was going to spend on the trip, and I was so upset that my flight was canceled. I was missing the premiere. That I went um, into New York, back into New York City, and just to get it off my chest, I went into like you know DVD stores, clothes shopping. I was yeah. like, you know, fuck this trip. This shit's totally ruined. I'm so upset. So I just spent all the money in one day to kind of make me feel better. Um, what did you buy? Um, some dildos and fucking hookers <laughs> and shit. Yeah, hookers. I understand. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that when you're stressed, you know? But yeah. um, I was pissed. But anyway, so that was my that was my first time that I was supposed to be yeah. in L.A. And then when I finally made it out to L.A., I was told that I was gonna eventually move out there to to be more of a regular on the show. But I'm coming. That's out. what they told you to do. They told me to come out for yeah. a week yeah. only to do this um, correspondent piece and right. to be on the couch, actually right. physically on the Kimmel couch for the first time. Yeah. So I um. I came out for a week. I was staying at the Roosevelt, and then they're like, "We need you to be God, the guest really announcer." That's really Hollywood, yeah. right there. Like, we need to be the guest announcer. We need you to stay in there yeah. a couple of days. We need you to stay another week. Yeah. And I was like, "When am I going home? I don't care, but I want to know." They're like, "We don't know." And then they're like, "We're gonna put you on for another week." And then they eventually was like, "We can't keep paying for your hotels. Um, you need to get an apartment." I was like, "You told me to come here for a fucking week. I have like a backpack and like one." Small Wait, so how long before you uh, you got to go home for a little bit? When? It was like, it was like two and a half months. <laughs> you gotta be <laughs> One kidding week me! Turned into two and a half months. Yeah, and I actually was, I actually had to sign a lease for an apartment before I even told everybody I was moving. And then I went back to New York and was like, "Hey, 
you're not my family anymore. I'm famous. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I tell everybody I was moving, and then you know I eventually went back to my apartment. Yeah. And this apartment was funny. It was on Melrose. I didn't really know that many people, yeah. but it was all new, and I was like making good money. I had a lot of free time. It was really exciting, but I w- I had an apartment, and for a whole year, the whole year of the lease. There was not one piece of furniture in my living room for a whole year. I had a bedroom with a TV, yeah. a nice bed. Jimmy Kimmel, as a housewarming gift to like welcome to LA, he yeah. bought me like a nice like queen size bed right. that showed up in my apartment. I was like, that's like the nicest gift yeah. you could buy someone who's getting a place out here for the first time. Um, such a fucking good guy. Um, so he bought me a nice bed. I had a computer, and yeah. I, was, I had everything. You know, I wasn't like struggling because I was. I wasn't making a killing because it was like yeah. new and they weren't paying me tons, but I had money, I had time, and I was happy. But I had an apartment that was completely bare in the living room for a whole year, um, and I lived next to a little Smart and Final, which was um, like a like ghetto Costco, yeah, where they only sell like five pounds of peanut butter, and if you want to buy a microwave pizza, you got to buy forty eight pizzas. It was just Jeez. things in bulk, yeah. and I was living there just by myself. But since it was like just <coughs> two doors down from me i just bought everything from smart and final and i'm a single dude living in this house with like a 48 thing of pizza a five pound thing of peanut butter that just like all gets stale and shit i just lived like a complete bum for the first year two questions for you so what's going through your dad <laughs> come what <laughs> come, come. <laughs> that's, that's how you got here that's for sure no but I can't even remember. I mean, he was complaining at you for doing <laughs> video with 100 people. And now you're employed by one Dude, of Dude, you know what? He He's not the one to be like, I'm so proud of you, son. Congratulations. He's this crazy-ass fucking Greek. Wow, and he's his, really his, old school. His style is not to be like, oh, I'm so happy. Good job. He's like... Watch out for these people. They're going to steal your money. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, even to this day, like, he, he once in a while he'll say, oh, that's a good job. But you know what? Let's be let's be clear on this. It's coming from a good place. He w- wants you to protect you because let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, be yeah. honest. There's a lot of people come here with yeah. all sorts of dreams. Yeah. And it can be a terrible place for people like that, yeah. you know? Well, and Greeks don't sugarcoat, that's Yeah, they for don't sure. sugarcoat. But, you know, there, there was definitely times out here, even after I kind of did the Kimmel thing, yeah. and kind of made a little bit of a name for myself, where I was, like, you know, down and out a little bit, where yeah. I, like, need a job and kind of not having a lot of money. And my father's always like, just come back. Come back to New York, get a real job. This shit is not the <laughs> life for you. This Sorry. Is, <laughs> it's, Sorry. This is not the life for you, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And after all that, all that shit that he always talks. Yeah. He's a member of this Cretan association where you go and there's just like a hundred people from Greece, from yeah. Crete specifically, and they're just smoking cigarettes and eating Greek food. And it's this association that he goes to feel like at home where yeah. he goes like, you know, twice a week to Queens to meet with these people. Yeah. And even though he never compliments me, I go there and there's 50 people coming up to me being like, How's the TV stuff going? Your dad's so proud. He keeps coming in there saying, my my son's on TV. Mm. My son's on TV. And, like, it's so funny that, like, I'm, like, for the first time yeah. I heard that from everybody, I was yeah. like, oh, this motherfucker is bragging about me like crazy behind my back talking how good I'm doing. It's a, it's a tough love kind of thing, right? No, yeah. Well, he's just, like, loving you behind your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to, to my face, he's like, 
cut the bullshit, move back to New York. <laughs> it, it, I love stories like this because, for one, I, I didn't know your background that well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just glad that you're not one of those spoiled Upper East, guy, uh, East Side kid no, no. or... You know, you're from Beverly Hill, uh, which is ironic because we're in Beverly Hills right now. But no, it, no, it's great. Humble beginning. Your dad's from another country. And Very humble beginning. Yeah. I was never like, I never like, even though I do rap music, I never yeah. claim to be like, oh, I'm from the hood, all that yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. But where I did grow up, it was a black neighborhood. Yeah. There was a lot of crack. My best friend sold crack. <coughs> we didn't have a lot of money. It was some shitty, like, yeah. low-income housing shit. And, you know... I was around, you know, I started drinking 40 ounces when I was like 14. My best friend's house. When you say 40 ounces, you could already tell what kind of neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My best friend sold crack out of his house. And, yeah. you know, this crack dealer used to take us to Brooklyn and buy us all the new Nintendo games. Yeah. He'd buy us sneakers and he would take care of us. And I'm like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh my God, I'm getting all this fucking yeah. awesome shit that your parents wouldn't buy you. And then one day the lights go out and I'm like, I live in the same complex, so I'm like, okay, the lights are out. I'm going to go home. Like, yeah. what the fuck? The next day, I go to my friend's house. His apartment door is completely off. Oh. About two minutes after I left, they took oh, a no. battering ram and rammed in the door, yeah. busted everybody. My friend, who was only 15, got like five years probation. The crack dealer got arrested for like five years because he was selling crack. To well, what do you think brought. it would have happened if you were there? I would definitely have been five years probation because I was like around the same age as my friend, and I was. Oh. Just but from even though there. you weren't, just by guilty by association. Guilty by association. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Is that what deterred you from getting into the crack business? Because it seems like if it's so prevalent around you, like how do you not get involved? You no, know? I, I don't know. I I was always I was always a little bit scared of that stuff. I I don't know. Maybe it was my mother kind of instilling that, like. I was not a goody goody, you know. I was I was getting really drunk at fourteen. I was smoking weed at fourteen, wow. um, so it wasn't like I was a goody goody. I was just always scared of the hard stuff, cause, you know, that shit to me equaled death. I'm like, oh shit, this shit is like fucking people up. Yeah. And even though at the time I didn't really know weed couldn't kill you, I didn't know like, oh, weed is safe, whatever. It's just greens, you know, no big deal. Back then, I didn't really know. I I knew it was something bad, but I wasn't really scared of it because so many people did it. But the hard stuff, I was always like scared of. Mm. So you could you could see that there would have been a negative consequence. <laughs> yeah, to it, all. it was yeah. fear. It was fear based. If if you honestly, if you told me right now, you could do heroin today, tomorrow you could do a bump of coke, mm-hmm. the next day you could try meth, and you could tell me that each of these days. I'm guaranteed to not die from it. I would try every single drug on the what, planet. What what instilled the fear of death in you? Because, you know, you never know. Even though it's a small risk, people, even like built athletic basketball players, they do one line of coke and they drop dead of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I never thought of that way. Like these are like perfect specimen. Right? Yeah, I, I've wa- I watched that show like A Thousand Ways to Die or whatever because I think it's so interesting. I'm fascinated with death. And there was a woman who... Um, wow, you're fun to date. <laughs> I took a date to the Death Museum in Hollywood, by the way. Wow. It was a great date. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he... Uh, no, that's a different story. No, but this one of the ways was that a woman died was that this reality star got all this money and started doing coke. And one day she had this long... I don't even know what you call it. Dick? No, something you sh- put into your nose. What do you call it, Straw? Ernie? Not a straw, but it was like made of metal. So it was like a fancy straw. Fancy Coke straw. A fancy Coke straw it was. And she 
So she's using that, and as, as soon as she put it in her nose, something happened where someone fell on her, or they pushed her, and it went... She so, died oh, from the actual Coke straw, not the, the Coke. The Coke straw went into her brain and oh. fucking killed her. Wow. At a par- This is her party, her big Ooh. party. Into I'm coming into the world. I'm a reality star. And holy but you know what? So drugs can kill you inadvertently yeah, yeah. in any kind of way. Yes. It, it, just by using know, them. That sucks, but at least it wasn't like innocent like where she was drinking a soda with a metal straw and died at least it was like you were already a bitch for doing a line of coke so <laughs> you're a whore you're gonna get it anyway yeah yeah you. wow yeah um but yeah and i do i do dabble in shit like i know it's like a lot of people don't think it's any better but for some reason prescription shit the fact that it's like this is prescribed for a cough <coughs> codeine you need some codeine right now, Yoshi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Milanakis. This is prescribed for a cough. You take this amount and you'll be fine. And nobody just takes it and drops dead. Even like, you know, Vicodin. You take this because you're oh, too Oh, I hurts. love Vicodin. That's my drug no. of choice. You take, you take <laughs> Vicodin and, you, you know, unless you're hooked and you're a fucking complete addict and you ruin your liver on it, you're not going to just drop dead from one Vicodin. Everybody no. who has a fucking tooth pulled gets a Vicodin. So I dabble in that type of shit that doesn't seem dangerous at all and the shit that you buy on the street, not to mention the fact that, A, even if it was pure, it could maybe kill you depending on how, like, it affects your body. B, you have no idea how many hands it passed and mm-hmm. what bullshit is mixed in it. Like, you go to a pharmacy, when you buy a Vicodin, you know it has, like, five milligrams of hydrocodone 500 baby 500 <laughs> no 500 acetaminophen 5 hydrocodone oh I, you I know it's better than me yeah but i was like i just know mine are 500 she's getting, she's getting turned on I, I, and i know I, more I, about drugs than I'm, yeah I'm, I'm a little impressed right now i am so embarrassed i'm asian and i don't know any of it only only thing i know is like you know talk more hydrocodone to me chinese medication <laughs> or something girl i got a percocet in my fucking pocket you want to <laughs> do half let's kill some pain together <laughs> <laughs> yeah girl there's gonna be a lot of pain <laughs> um wait did you did you hurt yourself so you, so you ended up with bike in him how did you the how did first, you know i broke my leg in two places um how uh i felt because off, kimo was angry with you yeah he, he raped me um no i fell off the stage when i was performing i was a little bit drunk but um I fell off the stage at this ghetto-ass club, broke my leg in two places, um, and then I got robbed. While my leg was broken, these two guys were helping me to my car, and I usually don't carry this much cash around me in my pocket. Where was it, L.A.? It was in Hollywood, yeah. And um, (laughs) Of course. I I had some people up from Orange County, and I was, like, trying to, like, have a little money on me to, like, ball out a little bit. I had $1,300 in cash in my wallet. And these guys helped me to my car while my leg was broken in two places and they pickpocketed me and robbed me with my broken leg. Oh, my God. And that was like, I was like, you know what? It sucks, but these are the worst human beings in the world to rob someone like that. They're definitely going to burn in hell. Mm. Um, So that was you. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) they're black. Um, Whoa. They're uh, all burning in hell. How could you say that on African History <laughs> Month? Um, <laughs> it's the last day. Give me a break. Oh, it is. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, but that's when the first time I tried Vicodin. Actually, you know what? It was one one time before that. I got my arm caught in this parking gate, electronic yeah. parking gate. Oh. I reached my arm out to open the gate, and the gate closed in my arm. And I was stuck for like five minutes, and there was a taxi picking me up. And I was like, oh, fuck. My arm is going to be stuck here. I'm going to just die here. And I, they, the cab driver tried to hold it. And I finally just pulled my arm out and I fell to the floor, like almost fainted. 
and my arm was in excru- excruciating pain. It wasn't broken. Your it wasn't broken because if it if it hit at any different angle, it could have been broken in half. But the way it hit, it was just it was just smacking against my muscle, and my like m- it's on your bicep. Yeah, something. my yeah. arm was oh. so fucked up. I went to the emergency <coughs> room. Yeah, and I was walking back and forth. They're like, "Fucking!" They're like, "Sit down. You have to sit down." I was like, "I don't give a." Fuck, I'm in pain. I can't sit down. Fucking see me then. They finally brought me back. The first time, just one ass, one little weak ass Vicodin. They gave me a Vicodin. Ten minutes later, it felt like the whole thing didn't happen. <sighs> it only took one? Yes. One. It was the Vicodin first time I ever took oh, it, though. Oh, okay. Ever, ever took it. Now I take it, and I'm like, yeah, I feel a little good, I guess. I took it. My, my, my arm was so fucked up, I couldn't even sit still. One Vicodin, I was like... I feel like the accident didn't happen. <laughs> oh my god! Going going back, um, I, I'm so obsessing over this. This is I have to be very careful because um, going back to Kimo, I, I have to make a confession. I used to go to um, Kimo show all the time. My friend mm-hmm. Dan Hotnick used to work there. He was the music department, and I go to a different talk show in New York and LA. I think Kimo have the best one simply because the alcohol, just abundance of alcohol and. In the green room? Yeah, it's just the green room. But it's not hard alcohol anymore. Oh, it isn't? It's only wine and beer now. Why is that? Still, that's better than other shows. They yeah. don't have no, no alcohol. It's, it's, what it's the best green room. I don't know. I used to get fucking drunk before I went on, because yeah. I was on the show as a regular, and I had this thing called Goose Juice, and I was I just brought like a big bottle of like smart water, and I had them fill it up with cranberry and vodka, but it would be like a fucking big-ass bottle, Yeah. and I would just get fucking shit-faced because... It was so new to me. It was like I had a fifty-hour-a-week job. I was making, you know, decent money, but not great money. Now all of a sudden, I have like a surplus of money, time, and like a little bit of attention from being on a TV yeah. show. So I went a little bit off the deep end. Luckily, I didn't fucking. I was too scared to do like real drugs. Thank so God. it was just alcohol. Yeah. But I was partying hard, and I would even go like on the couch, yeah, live drunk as fuck i'm like yo i'm about to get on the couch be on live tv in yeah. front of millions of people and i'm fucking wasted right did now did kimmel have an issue with it ever he did he actually talked to me about it a couple times and how did that go um you know i was so thankful for all the stuff he did for me i kind of like you know i dialed it back and i listened to him i wasn't a fucking idiot being like fuck you i'll do whatever i want like i kind of like but did you go like hey man you're on man show come on <laughs> yeah man. i was like yeah. give me a break dude you're harshing my mellow <laughs> I'm fucking famous now. I don't need you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he talked. He he talked to you he very did. respectful he, way. He, yeah, he's dude. I can't. And it sounded maybe even just looking out for you. Too. Yeah. yeah, he's like, yo, you gotta chill a little bit, and mm-hmm. like, you know, blah blah blah. But like, I, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's so many people. Ashton Kutcher. But the time I went out to L.A. Um. Before I was supposed to sign this deal with ABC, Ashton Kutcher was interested in having me be on Punked. Oh, and then, wow. And then when I was getting some exposure from Kimmel, he's like, maybe they're going to recognize you from that, but I want to still work with you. I like you. Yeah. Maybe we'll develop your own show. What, and, what was he like? Um, I'm not a big fan of him. You're not? No. I, he kind of he was trying to sway the thing and trying to get me to do... He was like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel only has one show on the air and it's failing right now in ratings. What year I is have this? two shows on the air and they're doing really he well. Said that? Wait, what yeah. year what year is this? So just to get This a- was two thousand four, I think. Mm-hmm. And um Whoa. the way his whole not just because he said that, 
I was already loyal to Kimmel because I'm a really fucking loyal. Hell guy. yeah, hell yeah. Hi, loyalty over money. L-O- fuck yeah. L O M. L O M. I'll throw that up with you. You know what I mean? And so I was already loyal to Kimmel. Yeah. He's bashing. How could you not? He's bashing the guy who got me out to Hollywood. Yeah. And even if he didn't bash him, he came off like a fucking egotistical prick. So I remember him dropping me off at the gate. I went on the set of the 70s show to meet yeah. him. And he dropped me off at the gate to drop me off. And he goes, just go with your gut, man. Just go with your gut. And I already knew I was going with my gut. And I'm like, dude, if I was like meaner, I'd be like, motherfucker, I know to go with my gut. And guess what? My gut is not with you. Suck a fucking million dicks. Whoa. <laughs> this is a real honest talk I right love here. this. Yeah. Because yeah. my, you know, I, I, I never met the guy. My impression is like he seemed like a really nice guy. but Ashton you know. Kutcher? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't like him at all. But um, also, you know, it's so funny. I didn't want to cause drama and be the. So many people like to start drama, and I think it's a girl thing. No offense, but I think like uh, I, I would beg to differ because no. I mean, I well, hear you. I, I can't really. But not in my yeah. world. Right, I hate right, drama. I'm like right. anti-drama. All right, cool. All right, cool. Yeah. It's not a girl thing. It's a bitch thing. And oh, guys can be bitches. Another too. high five. Oh, guys can be you. bitches too. Let's get married and have Greek Armenian babies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, all right. Are we gonna start tonight? Are you ovulating? I am. Um, <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, guy, guys can be fucking bitches yeah. and, and girls can be bitches. Bitches cause drama and I didn't want to cause like, hey, guess what, Jimmy? He bad, Ashley Kutcher badmouthed you and he yeah. wanted me to sign with you. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to not mention it to him. <laughs> and just recently, I told you, Kimmel sent me the email about yeah. saying congratulations. This is the 10th year yeah. that you've been on the air. I emailed him and he goes, th- and I thank I thank him all the time. I'm, I'm like, yeah. thank you so much for being loyal. Thank you for all you've done for me. And I was like, I never wanted to tell you this back then because I didn't want to start drama. But at the time when you signed me, um, Ashton Kutcher was trying to sign me and he fucking badmouthed you to try to get his way. And I was like, I knew you were a loyal stand-up guy and that's why I ended up going with yeah. you. Just, just to like, it wasn't dramatic anymore. It yeah. happened like fucking 10 years ago. So I just brought it up to him just yeah. as like part of like a thank you to him. Yeah. And he goes, who you know, whatever. I'm not gonna put him on blast, but that's a nice heart to heart. Yeah, yeah. No, he's you know, he's spent ten years. We all make mistakes and we yeah. grow up, and you know, hopefully that would, he's not like that anymore. You know. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think he's a douchebag. Um, you made the right choice, that's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So what? So Kimmel's great. In you know, is is there like famous person that you kind you knew of? You thought they're dick, but when you met them, like. You were shocked. They're really actually nice. Simon more, Rex. More of the reverse. More, oh, of, more of the reverse thinking, oh, this guy's really cool. Oh, they're a dick in real life. It's oh. more disappointment. But that's just, I'm not being negative. I'm not a cynical person. I'm just like a realist. Like most people you meet that yeah. you see on TV or you see in a movie and you're big fans of and you're like, you can't wait to meet them. Yeah. It's a disappointment usually. It just is. What part of it is a disappointment? It's a disappointment because... You see how a talented, seemingly cool mm-hmm. person could be like, oh, this would be a really fun person to meet. Yeah. And usually the real person behind the acting yeah. is usually an asshole. <coughs> but not not just saying it about actors, but most people are mm-hmm. assholes. So mm-hmm. usually even if you're built on a pedestal, yeah. you're going to be an asshole too because most people are complete pieces of shit. Well, do you think that comes more of a byproduct with power and money? I do. I do. I definitely think it happens more in L.A. Like when I go. Oh, out, that explains everything about David Cho. Anyway, go <laughs> ahead. Yeah, no, David Cho is. No, David's you know, great. I love the guy. No, no, he's an asshole. 
No. <laughs> I, I, I don't know him. I only met him once. I, I am. He's a, a, he's a likable asshole. I am. Yeah, he's a likable asshole. I'm a huge fan. And um, I even told him, like, when I was going on your podcast, just because I'm, I'm, you know, I discovered you through him. Yeah. And I only met him once. And then I, I kind of felt like, oh, even though I was talking to you on Twitter and it happened naturally that yeah. you asked me to be on your podcast, I didn't want to feel like, oh, like, I'm such a fucking creepy stalker. Now I'm invading his whole circle of friends. Like, because I know how people are with me and I know how people, like, I meet people and right away they ask for my number and right away they're like, oh, yeah. I know your cousin. I know I know your friend's friend, friend. And it's such dick sucking goes on that I don't want to be part of that. Yeah. So, like, even though I'm a fan of I his, know exactly what you're saying because... I, I don't want to just I, invade I, his circle yeah. and be, like, weird about it, you know? That's the weird thing that maybe we could go cover right now because... I, I don't want to mention names, but I did some favor for somebody nice, you know, and then then they question like why I'm doing like yeah. nice things, you know, like so all of a sudden now I have to watch why I do some nice because I don't I don't want them to misinterpret us. I don't think. What really, do you mean? Like, what did the person think you were doing? Well, like common thing I like to do. Well, you know, um, Andy, you know from listening to podcasts, I used to work in porn companies, yeah, and like. One of the benefits of working there was they give you these like um, DVDs for free, right? Like they're not even like actually finished products. They're like check disc, or whatever. And I watch porn all the time, so I don't want them. I'm seeing it's work, you know. I see enough, so these are stuff that throwaway stuff. And when you go out of way and just give it to people, you know, it's kind of nice. So I bar uh, barter those things to help people. Joey right? boy, did you get a drink yet? It's Joy Kurtzman. From, um, um, I know you're not supposed to be on. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to be on the podcast, but you gotta get you gotta take me up on that drink offer. It's really good. Joey Kurtzman. That's a respectable thing to do. I'm a big fan of Joey Kurtzman. Joey was on our podcast last week. He he's DVD ASA KGB and um, Yoshi didn't. So um, Yoshi didn't. You know, so anyway, I have DVDs, so I do nice things. Sometimes when I help people, they they will turn around and do nice thing for me. So like, I have a uh, person A and person B that I, I, I introduce them. And hopefully, maybe something good will come out of it, right? And sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. But when I do that uh, all the time, they, people just question, "Why do you do it?" Like people aren't used to other people being genuinely nice in this town. Though, yeah, too. I mean, it's, like it without wanting something back in return. So. Yeah, and it's like, doesn't that say more about you than me? Exactly. Like, if yes. they really, if yes. you, if you're doing something it that's does. pure and they're really questioning you that hard, then maybe they should just fucking suck a dick. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they need to like back off you don't really have to like explain yourself you know what i mean like well I, you would think you don't have to do that i mean i definitely like if if look i'm very particular and i know a lot of people that rub me the wrong way yeah. a lot of strangers a lot of people who Lily? Try to <laughs> <laughs> i'm rubbing the right way, the right way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she beat me to that um um a lot of people kind of like you know how, what was I saying? Um, when they have like ill intentions, when well, you're trying to do something well, nice the, for well, them and they question well, you, this, I feel like that's a, re a reflection of their own character. Like, how many times have you fucked someone? But over? also, if I have that experience where mm -hmm. a thousand people are this certain way to me and yeah. I hate that about them, yeah, I see that as I don't want to be portrayed as one of them because that's something that I hate. So obviously, I'm not going to try to portray something in me that I hate. Yeah. So like, for instance, like the Cho thing, like, you know, he's a nice dude. I only met him once. Yeah. I texted him a couple times asking him for some things. But I hate dick riders and people who try to get to me 
through my circle of friends yeah. and all of a sudden they start just appearing everywhere yeah, yeah. where that's like some stalker <coughs> weird shit where they're just like like uh, it's obviously they're trying so hard to get to me yeah. they're using my other friends and they're using other connections and all that and i hate that about people so i like i'm kind of like self-conscious about coming off like that too which when and any any quality i hate in other people yeah. i'm going to be self-conscious about not coming off yeah. like that because mm-hmm. why am i going to want to do something that i hate about other people i obviously don't want to be part of that is it know? that obvious to you though like when what? like when that happens when it happens to me yeah so i mean sometimes it's obvious um it, was there a situation like you became good friend and like later on when you thought about it oh he or she kind of planted me be at the right place some me, people yeah. are some people are more clever about it where like i've been friends with someone for a year and they're being you know i was like you know actually a really big fan of you i've watched your shit and i'm like really i but we just met and like sometimes it's a little bit of like oh yeah. shit like oh they were actually a fan and like they kind of like got to me but it doesn't really hurt me as much because i'm just like they played it cool and yeah. they weren't weird and stalkery about yeah. it they were just like I'm a fan, but I'm not going to fan out and creep you out yeah. by, like, talking shit like that. Yeah. I'm going to just kind of be like, oh, cool, I'm hanging out with him, even though, like, maybe you're not completely wearing your heart on your sleeve, like, right. telling me, like, oh, I love you so much, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, whatever. Have you ever felt um, the repercussions of that where, uh, of Hollywood, I should say, where that kind of behavior and, and mentality has harmed a personal relationship with you that you thought was maybe genuine or sacred that actually betrayed you good question that's a good question and you know like i i gotta say i'm maybe i'm like crazy but i really and i think a lot of people say this i really really do think i'm a good judge of character mm-hmm. and um I, i i feel like i close myself off so much and maybe um on the return end of that yeah maybe i've I've closed off things that could have led to good things yeah. by being super paranoid about like not giving people chances. Yeah. But as far as like letting people in that hurt me, not really because I'm so fucking careful and so strict with who who, who is around me. Yeah. Even like the first time <coughs> even before my show ever aired, um there was a commercial on advertising my show even before episode one aired. This really cute girl came down, sat next to me and I was like, you know, whatever that's cool she was so overly flirty that it was weird yeah um and i was like okay that's cool that's that's cool like i i noticed something weird but it was so new to me i was like this girl either has a thing for chubby guys or there's something different um uh and then she and then you know she's like i gotta go talk to my friend for a minute i'll be right back and she kissed me on the mouth i didn't know her name within two on the mouth yeah within two seconds of meeting her being a little like oh so uh, fucking kissed me right in the mouth and i was like that was cool but weird she went to her friend yeah came back i was just drinking i was pouring her alcohol in the bottle i was with some poker players and i was getting you know yeah. giving her some drinks and then you know we started like making out and shit but i i definitely knew something was wrong and i was like what the fuck is it with this girl and then when the club lights came on it was a tranny <laughs> <laughs> exactly no she goes hey i saw your new commercial for your tv show i'm I love comedy. I think I would be the perfect sidekick for you. Oh. And I was like. She's not only a fan, but a stupid one. Not even a fan. It was before my show even came out. It was like right when she saw one commercial. And from that point on, even though I wasn't naive to to begin with, I was like, 
oh that's how they are out here okay yeah. you're gonna see a lot more i was like, gonna see a lot more about this and sometimes i like you know use it to my advantage and sometimes i'm like kick rocks you're fucking disgusting have but. you ever led a woman on long enough where you got enough pussy from her when she wanted something else from you like you knew like let's just say for example um just hypothetically you knew this one girl wanted to be your sidekick and she was hella hot and you're attracted to her and you knew she would fuck you whatever anything sexual she would do for you did you ever would you allow that to happen for a certain amount of time before you shut her down and you didn't give her what she wanted knowing that she was doing that shit to get something else from you not long but usually the the type of girls that i would hook up with were the the ones that i would let it happen to were more like on the he's on tv i want to fuck him not he's on TV. I want to be on TV. I want to use mm. like when I when I saw the real like is there a big difference bloodsucker? Yeah, because there's there's some bloodsuckers that are like I'm gonna totally use this to my advantage and they're smart and they're gonna be cunning and like I'm gonna do this and then he'll get me on this and I'll 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 be on this show and he'll like give me exposure. Yeah, and then there's the groupie hoes who are just like he's on TV. I want to fuck him. And that to me is like, okay, it's more like, you know, you're using me, I'm using you. Not like this is some cunning bitch who's trying to craft uh, this thing. I'm, yeah, I'm going to give you the self-esteem your daddy didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's interesting. So there aren't a lot of women who are trying to use you to get their own. There are, thing. but oh. those are the ones that I'm like, why fuck that girl when this girl is just, gotcha. just wants it for like no the, strings the attached. Yeah. yeah, she just wants it for like, oh, I'm going to be seen with him and he's on TV. So you can discern between the two pretty easily. I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy, what what's some of the things you wish you would have known from the day one? Now that, Ooh, that's now, a good question. now that you know all this experience, right? You're a veteran now. Day one about Hollywood? Yeah. Well, Yoshi-san. Um, be, be, because um, our podcast... It's not even numbers. Like what? What? I, what? Biggest kick I get is like the breakdown of countries that people are listening to the show, and they yeah. really shot. Like I have people from Pakistan and Yemen listening to it. Yeah, Middle East. Yemen. Yeah, <laughs> Yemen. <laughs> and I think a lot of them. Uh, I'm sure a lot of them have dream of coming here, and uh, you know, like ultimate dream to come to Hollywood, right? So I'll tell you the answer. This is a, this is, I think this they should stop their dream right now. Oh no, wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Break it down, Andy. Break it down. No, but um, because I travel a lot, and that's the one thing they always th talk about, the Hollywood and, like, the dream. That's, like, the biggest ultimate dream. So if The dream of making it in Hollywood or just living in Los Angeles? Both. Mm. So if if there's some talented kid in God knows where, Ukraine or something. They don't got talent. <laughs> okay, a talented kid from Greece. I am from Ukraine. I I do juggling acts. <laughs> I juggle prostitutes. I drink. What kind of advice could you give to them? Because they they want to hear this. This is like a valuable advice. They're, they're a young kid, media uh, high tech savvy kid who want to come here and do stuff. This is my advice to mm -hmm. everybody out there who doesn't live in LA, and yeah. even people who live in LA. First of all. The way that the internet is shaped up now, you don't have to move to Hollywood. You don't have to move to L.A. to try to get an agent, to try yeah. to audition, to try to do this. It's all That's all like point oh 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 one percent breakthrough and, and get shit done that way. If you could be some crazy Korean who has a song called that's Gangnam redundant. Style. That's redundant. <laughs> Shout out to David Cho. Um, <laughs> no, that's all Asian guys. If right, you... Right. Um, <laughs> If you could be some, and, and no, I know this doesn't apply, 
really because he he was a little bit famous already, but yeah. it could be some Korean guy who sings this crazy song and has a music video and over the span of like four months become the number one YouTube viewed video of all time. All time. Billion views. And you make something so crazy and everybody wants to watch it yeah. that everybody out there, whether you have fucking $20 in your bank account or fucking $200,000... If you want to make it and you have real talent, first of all, get a YouTube account. Yeah. Don't do shit that you've seen before. Don't do shit that, even if it's a little bit outside of your comfort zone, if yeah, it's yeah. comedy or if it's music, do something so shocking and so amazing that the whole world can't deny it. And if you have a YouTube account with zero subscribers, somebody's going to find it and spread it and it's going to spread like wildfire and sometimes the cream rises to the top. Yeah. And now with the internet and YouTube and how people find media, the cr the cream has an easier way of rising to the top because of how things spread and how things get viral. Yeah. And you know, a million people, even if a million people were listening to this right now, maybe only 10 <laughs> of you... We could only wish. <laughs> maybe only 10 of you can actually you know, do mm -hmm. that. But if you do have that talent and you do have something so original and something, you have to think of this. When you make a video yourself, yeah, you can't think of, that was kind of funny. Someone's going to watch that. Someone's going to like that. I want to be an actor. You have to watch a video and kind of like jump outside yourself and be like, if I was watching this video right now, yeah. is this something that's so fucking genius or crazy or train wreck that I have to send this? Every single fucking person I know. Yeah. There are certain videos I see online where I'm like, this is so amazing in whatever way. There's so many different characteristics of which way it could be amazing. Yeah. Where I have to send this to every single fucking person I know because I'm so excited for them to see it. And if you can make something like that, you can become a star, whether it's just YouTube star or Hollywood yeah. star. You can create a career for yourself out of that. But that's the kind of a it factor that you have to be able to create. And if you can, if you think you can create that, you should at least give it a shot because it's free to make a YouTube account and to try to go for it. You yeah. know, it's not free to say, "Oh, I live in Yemen and I'm going to move to LA to try to become a Hollywood actor." That's not free. That takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. And maybe that will work too. That avenue, but with the internet, I think you that's, don't even need to. That's yeah. the best Technology way to go. Technology bypasses all of that. That's great advice, Andy. Thank you. What What about people who made it? Because I'm not gonna lie to you. It just when I meet my successful friend in Hollywood, I don't know how they handle it because it's not that LA creates beautiful women. Beautiful women from all over the world come here. Come here yeah. yeah, and like the girls who are like, let's say, I'm not picking on anyone in Ohio, but let's say you're the beauty queen from your high school. Those are beautiful girls. But here they're like sixes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like this is such a ruthlessly tough place for women well, you know women is totally different story especially depending on what they're trying to do because yeah. i could be a fat little fucking chunkster and make a fucking million dollars off a weird show yeah and a woman who's trying to be an actress and trying to be the hot lead in a movie yeah has to go to the gym fucking five days a week and starve herself to like have that leading woman look yeah um but you know to be fair if i was trying to if if I was a guy trying to be that leading man role, you'd need the same thing. You can't be, you know, a fat little kid who looks like he's 16 yeah. um, playing George Clooney roles, even though I would fuck the shit out of women way better than George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs>
Just kidding, Cloonster. I know you got it. Cloonster. <laughs> <laughs> and we know you're listening. We hope. <laughs> was what's that like? Like, I you know I have friends and <laughs> I have friends used to work in Kimo. I I have a lot of friends to work for Leno. I know there's tension between the two, but um, I have friends that work both of them, and they're very nice people. But like I visit the shows, and like these women who make in Hollywood, like it just it's so unfair how good looking they are. And, I, and, and I'm not a woman, but I just think you're not. Yes. <laughs> anymore no anymore. he's he's but you know off. what i mean like <laughs> yeah it's, it just seemed like it seems so unfair like a lot of times they're on shows because that's the truth that's true for good-looking guys though too there's so many pretty boys on tv who aren't that talented and also but, 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 but here's why because there's the psychology more of, it with women, of people though. yes because because we because women are worshipped for beauty this is yeah. a known fact this is from the beginning of time beautiful women uh, draw something out in people, in men and women, that makes them attractive. Yeah. That that draw them to them. That what does that equal? That equals money. That equals numbers. Yeah. So the fact is, you put these people on television. Sex sells. Sex yeah. sells. People are going to watch it and they're going to consume it. They're going to buy whatever. So it's safer yeah. essentially. And they don't but have it also, easier. They don't have it easy easier. too because they have yeah. a lot of pressure. They got to yeah. go to the gym. They're like. Oh my God! I'm so fat. I ate five M and M's today. What am I gonna do with myself? Like, yeah. Well, that's a whole and that's a whole another thing where uh, that can be a byproduct of that. Sorry to use that word so much today, but um, is the eating disorders and all these like symptoms that pathology that yeah. can come from then trying to represent something that is you're an archetype. That's fulfilling an archetype. It's not necessarily being talented at something you do. You're fulfilling an archetype, which there's limited amounts of space for that. But to be a true talent, to be, I think, in my opinion, to be a true actor or entertainer, uh, it surpasses anything that you put an archetype or a label or a restriction on. Because, yeah. because I think being able to connect to people on that level is so ethereal that it, it, it just transcends that kind of, I think, paradigm, if you know yeah. what I mean. So, but but it's out there, of course, because it's easy and people consume it. They are just listening today. Seth MacFarlane, they wanted to host the Oscars because they wanted younger people to watch yeah. the Oscars because last year the <laughs> average age of a mm-hmm. person watching the Oscars was 53 years yeah. old. They brought Seth MacFarlane because they wanted younger people and it worked. 18 to 40, the age range of those people watched the Oscars this year because Seth MacFarlane was hosting. These are all I, done I knew they on did that. purpose. Like, I mean, yeah, I didn't even watch the Oscars, but I, when I saw he was hosting it, I was like, okay, they're obviously going for younger people now. Exactly. And, and you know, um, because you're a friend with Kimmel, I'm not just saying this, but it just seems like, you know, there was time when Carson did him like multiple, multiple times. That, that's how old I am. Carson but, Daly? No, 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 no. <laughs> what did you say? Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. Oh, Johnny Carson. <laughs> I That's actually, how young I am. I actually just, I, I actually just saw Carson Daly um, today. He was at my building. Oh, cool. Very what talented he guy. Stalking you, probably. Um, <laughs> Bob Hope did it multiple, multiple uh, times. And like it's been a while. Like Last time, I remember some guy person doing it for multiple times, like Whoopi or... Um, did Whoopi do it? Yeah, she, I think she did it, right? Whoopi did it a Hosting lot. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Billy Crystal yeah. is like... Whoopi. Yeah. Billy Crystal's good at it. But I think the guy who's young enough and have a lot of experience in, uh, running a show. I think it's going to be Kimmel. I think. I, I, think, I agree. I mean, I, he, I think Kimmel's got the he's combination. He's taking over in a lot of ways. A lot of people fault him for not being a fat guy anymore because he's like, kind of like you know the whole leading man syndrome yeah. getting a little bit more but, fit. But he's healthier though too. It's like you know <laughs> he's healthier. He's a fat kid at heart always. I exactly. think he's always in. He's like a big foodie. He's always yeah. you know he's, you know he's he's being healthy or whatever. But um, 
I, I, the I, fact I, that his time slot's yeah. changing from when he started the show to um, midnight to eleven thirty. Not only midnight, but almost getting canceled, having like not good ratings because yeah. you're oh, you're new to late night, so you're obviously going to struggle from getting that to getting different time slots yeah. to getting like. Oh, you're renewed for a four-year contract yeah. because we know this is going in such an up direction to finally getting like an 11:30 slot with yeah. like Leno and shit. He's definitely on the fucking up and up yeah. and constantly like succeeding. So like I'm I'm so fucking happy for him. Yeah, I'm, I've always been Phantom Corolla and um, Kimo, but I guess what got me was that you know girls on the trampoline. I didn't even mm-hmm. know who, I didn't oh, know who on the man show. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Like, I didn't even know who they were because I'm kind of dumb when it comes to TV. Who's who? I but uh, like I don't know who these guys are, but that really caught my attention and started <laughs> watching it. You know, but yeah, it's juvenile humor, but I really liked it. So it, yeah, he's he's great. I mean, but I think everyone struggles when you start. I'm of sure course. Letterman, uh, Leno, and and Ferguson. You know, because everybody's looking at Leno, the master. Leno's just not funny to me, though. Oh, don't say that. I li- I like Leno. You do. Yeah, as a stand-up, he's... Do you, I, do you like the fact that he's not funny? <laughs> <laughs> Does he make you feel better as a comedian because he's so unfunny? Well, that's not fair. <clears throat> as an old-school stand-up, he was funny. <clears throat> now, it's like reading fucking Archie comics. Like, why don't you just put Archie comics on the air instead of him? But, but you know, I... <laughs> That's Here's funny. my problem. I, 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 That's what Andy Milnakis said. I, I, I mean, I, come I, on, Leno. I mean, I, I don't have. I, to I, I like I like Letterman and all those guys, right? But um, there's a respect, I think, with I Leno. have because I'm a comic. I'm, I just uh, promote all performers. But he's always been good to my friends, and he was always good to me. Good people does not mean funny people. Okay, but, but <laughs> let me let me ask that. When he does his stand-up comedy comedy magic club, people forget how great of a stand-up he, comic he is. I have to say, tonight's show, you, he, he probably does more for the people from the South and Midwest. The Just Midwest like, like, people that are 90 and above. <laughs> yes. And he has writers, though. And he has a ton of writers on you, that you, show. You're putting me in an awkward spot. Yeah, yes. just keep giving me this fucking cognac. I'm going to turn into <laughs> David's show. I'm going to um, take <laughs> off my fat kid mask and be like, yo, yo, it's yo, yo, it's David's show. Well, fuck you, Yoshi. You're my janitor, and I'm worth a quarter Oh, thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yes, I understand. Kimmo's younger, more hip. And I, I will admit, I like kind of edgier, meaner jokes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, Kimmo does better in, like, West Coast and East Coast. But, you know, I don't want to thrash him because he was so good to me and my friends. You know, that's, I, that's I, all. I understand that. I understand know? that. So you're being nice to him. And even I, 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 think, I think he's a great stand-up. When I yeah. see him Sunday at the Comedy Magic Club, he's great. But yeah. I, I just don't like It makes me uncomfortable because I have friends all different shows. And, like, that's yeah. that, that's one thing I, I, I don't And also, mean, also... I'm, I'm, and I love Kimmel. And also, know? I get hated on every day. Like I get thousands of hatred, hate, hateful yeah. messages on Twitter. And I, and Lily, <laughs> he blocked me. <laughs> no, it's a, it's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying to have haters and shit. Yeah. Like, and I don't really hate on a lot of people, but sometimes, yeah, I just have to voice my opinion yeah. of like who I like and who I don't like. <coughs> I'm not gonna meet him and pretend like you like him. And yeah. Pretend like I like him, but or- you're not gonna be rude to him either. <laughs> Or I'm not going to be rude to him because yeah. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to be a dick to you because I don't like your comedy. Yeah. Honestly, if I met fucking Jay Leno and he's I a nice was, guy, I met him through a, I met him through a friend and we were like having dinner and having drinks. Like, I might really fucking like him as a person. Yeah. I can have an opinion on what I think is funny and what's That's not. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. You know fair. what I mean? Like, I, 
And I'm not going to be a, a complete asshole and be like, this guy's a fucking piece yeah. of shit. But because I like, I love my sensibility. Yeah. I could be like, I personally yeah. don't find him funny. And okay. I want to be really nice about it. I could be like, I personally don't find him funny from the stuff I've seen him, but he might be a really fucking nice guy. He's a great stand up. But yeah, maybe tonight's show is not to your thing because believe me, it makes me uncomfortable because I have friends who are for Stern. I love Stern. And yeah. like, ugh, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's like you it's like it's like your parents fighting or something. I don't want to pick one, you know. Yeah, you don't want to take sides. Yeah. Andy, can I ask you a question? Okay. Uh, she, she, she want she want you to look at her resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I blow you and be you. your sidekick? What kind of lipstick you gonna wear? Uh, wow. Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> cherry, so you could pop it for me. Ooh, baby, mm, I like yes. it raw. <laughs> oh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> raw. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just wondering because I think the rap stuff you do is pretty cool so how did you like when did that transition happen how did you find your calling in that and i just was curious as to how that came into your world and who you are now well the first one of the first videos that kind of got popular online besides jimmy kimmel finding the super bowl i had one freestyle rap video and the only reason why i started freestyle rapping is because a I was a huge, huge fan of rap music because where I grew up, you know, it was like a little bit on the hood side. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were crack dealers knocking on my door selling me fucking vinyl for like $5 for a whole crate of like rap vinyl. Wow. And I was just, um, I was in the mix of like when rap was blowing up yeah. in, in that area in New York where it was so prevalent and my whole childhood was shaped by like rap music. I went to first grade... Did your, did your father understand hip-hop music? No, no, yeah. no. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> I went to first grade with a custom-made sweatshirt that said Slick Rick and yeah. Dougie Fresh on it. While these kids were wearing their, like, Looney Tunes shit, I had, like, rappers' names on my shirt in first grade. Yeah, that's so, pretty ballsy. Yeah. In first grade, to do shit that other kids aren't doing especially, like, props. Yeah. I was just <laughs> really into it, and yeah. um, hip-hop has been a big part of my life. And, and when I started rapping, even though I was such a big fan... The only reason why I did it is because I was doing comedy videos. I was just trying to make people laugh. So I did really stupid freestyle videos just because I knew it was horrible and it was funny. And from that, um, this uh, lady um, and I think McCarthy was doing some new casting where she was... um, she was doing some outside-the-box things at the time where she was casting on the internet, and this was around the time Kimmel found me. She didn't know I was on Jimmy Kimmel. She didn't know I was in New York or L.A. She just saw my video, and she wanted me to audition for this movie, Waiting, just based on my rap because they were looking for some white kids to play these like wannabe um, black guys. <laughs> yeah. So she saw the rap. I went into the audition. Um, and they, you know, they saw my rap video. That's how they got me to the audition. So they're like, so are you working on any raps? Are you doing any raps? And I was like, yeah, I'm doing some new ones. They're like, oh, so what is it? I was like, oh, do you want me to rap? Like, it was an audition. It was my first movie audition. They're like, yeah, 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 will you? And they were just hinting at the fact they wanted me to rap for wow. them. So I rapped for them. And um, I had a line that said, you know the Atkins diet where you're yeah. supposed to do like no carbs? Yeah. I said, I'll fuck you with a loaf of bread and make you cheat on Atkins. <laughs> oh my God. And they, You did this at an audition? At an audition. Holy fuck. And I walked, I walked back to the cab. It was like $50. I didn't have a car. And I walked back to the cab. And the casting director was like, come back upstairs. They want to ask you one more thing. 
And I went back upstairs and they're like, wider wheat. They're like, they're like, we usually don't do this, but we really don't want to keep you waiting. And we really like you. And they're like, we want to offer you the part right now. They offered it to me in the room. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is like not how Hollywood works. And I've been on millions of auditions after and it doesn't work like that. (laughs) So like I've had a lot of disappointment with shit. And I've been to like uh, callbacks and then another test screen and then go like five times and nothing happens. So I've definitely not all like, oh, I just get everything. But my first one, they called me back and offered me the part in the fucking room based off a rap. And the director even said, your acting was okay. It wasn't bad. It was a little bit rough because, you know, you're not an actor. But when you did the rap, we were sold on you. We're right away. We got the part. So I got that first movie based on rapping. And then after that, I kept on rapping mostly for comedy but I feel like I did so many rapping, so much rapping because I loved it so much that yeah. I actually started getting good and started taking it more seriously and be like, instead of joking about my dad fucking raping me, I'm going to like start not doing serious lyrics, yeah. but just take the music a little more seriously and just put sprinkle some jokes in there. Um, and, you know, my theme song on my MTV show was me rapping. Um, I do a lot of live shows. I'm in this group called Three Loco with um, Dirt Nasty and uh, Riff Raff. And so, Mr. Nasty is funny. Yeah, yeah. Dirt Nasty. Yeah, Mr. Nasty. Mr. Simon Rex, who was a DJ on MTV, right? That's yeah. how I remember. But him. so now yeah. the music thing is like a serious part of my career, like a big chunk of income and, yeah. and part of my thing. But it all started from just knowing I was bad and being <coughs> hard and, and making people laugh, which is kind of funny because now I'm doing this art thing. And the reason I started art is because I know that I was bad. I'm bad at it. Yeah. And now people are starting to like it. So now I'm taking art seriously, which. Yeah. I've always kind of like been like failing upwards a little bit, but I, I noticed I like pat- that style. I, I noticed the pattern awesome. with you, and this is very common with successful people in Hollywood. You did things because you want to, and you had a fun time doing it. Yeah, and it's challenging you. It seems yeah. like you like a challenge. Yeah, definitely like a challenge. Um, you're nice to people. You work hard, and um, and I drink alcohol for breakfast. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> breakfast of champions. Um. I don't know what to say. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like you were going somewhere, Yoshi. Oh, I, I, I guess that, I'm going back to the women thing. <laughs> that that's gotta be fun, though. Like they come to you and they they just like I'm not even talking about like gold digger or like somebody with um, um just to get your rocks off. They, they they just just they just like what you did and just nice to you. Can and I ask very you? Because I see I follow you on Twitter and I see the shit you write to like your rap lyrics. Sometimes you do some impromptu la- rap lyrics and like the shit you say about girls is like it's hilarious, but it's also like. I feel there's some truth. There's truth here. I fucking know it. <laughs> this motherfucker is getting bitches. What the fuck is he talking about? Like, this shit's happening? Like, what's going on? Yo, honestly, like, it's definitely my Twitter is like half character, half real. There's definitely some truth to it. There's this porn star that's really trying to fuck me. Which Can you one? say her name? Um, uh, You've probably uh, fucked her by now. This I didn't fuck her. I didn't fuck her. I, I'm a little scared. I, I I'm scared. I don't know. Like, it, it's it's such a weird double standard. But for some reason, even though these Hollywood sluts are at a club and probably like want dick in their mouth every night, yeah. When I know it's definitely true on the porno tip, I get a little bit intimidated and scared because they're professional lovemakers. Not because they're professional, but just because I know how much they're fucking doing it, uh. and that's kind of a little bit like, 
ooh, and then like you Google and you're like you see all the all the past shit and you're like, ooh, if I if I was gonna hook up with a girl in Hollywood, I I wouldn't be able to just Google her and see like five black dicks in her mouth. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's it's kind of like suspended is, is reality. That, is, is that a turn off? Yes. Why well, I'm opposite? Like wow, she'll <laughs> let me do this and this and this and that. <laughs> To me, that's, that's like a resume. Pass her on to you I'm, a, I'm a little bit more conservative. I'm not conservative. Like I, I'll definitely like yeah. if she if she's coming off flirty and I'm I had a couple glasses of whiskey and she's totally like slutting up. Yeah. But if I can't Google her and see all the shit that she's done a million fold, yeah. it's not. It's like okay, cool. You know, maybe she did, maybe she didn't. But yeah. when there's proof in the pudding, I'm kind of like, ooh. But I'm not putting it in your mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> this girl this girl keeps sending me pictures and they're really enticing and some and one night so I might Is I, there a shame with that? Is it is it like the shame of being with a woman who's been with guys like five? No, it's all personal. It's all it's all personal, not personal shame, but it's all my personal taste Pref- and what, personal what, preference. Yeah, yeah. but what, what kind of gets me off and what kind of is like yeah. n- not cool to me. What gets you off? Um Girls Armenian who, girls, girls who, <laughs> girls who—that's every guy. <laughs> girls who, for a living, don't take three black dicks in their in in every hole every day. And How about I'm not, two? I'm not How about saying, two? How about I'm two? I'm not saying she. I'm saying that an extreme. She obviously doesn't do that every day. And and if she's listening to this, I do think you're really cute, and I do want to have. I don't with understand. You, but that. I'm scared. I, I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand because you're Greek, and why do you have something against putting something in asshole? I don't. I don't. If it was just my dick and oh, ass, I would do it all the yeah. time. But if it, if it happened a hundred times, like in in the last like three months, I'm kind of like. Aww. Is it? Can part of it be? Is it an STD issue? Is it a loyalty Some, issue? No, is it no. A, it's 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 safety yeah yeah condoms cool but safety safety first. fuck condoms too like ugh, come on now i mean ugh. you you gotta wrap it up though Don't, i know what I, if you get a girl pregnant that you all that big I know, child support I know, I know. come on now but so you don't wear condoms no i do but but even with i'm condoms, very disappointed to hear that go ahead <laughs> sometimes i do yeah but even when even with condoms i'm still i'm just scared of porn stars honestly I, I was at a party and I was making out with this girl. She came out to me and all, all of a sudden, like her fucking tits were in my mouth. And I was like, "What happened?" I just she just came up to me on the dance floor. She has no bra on, and now like my mouth is over her fucking nipple, and I'm making out with her. This happened so fast. Like I mean, I know I'm the man, but come on now. Um, <laughs> um, and then like, and then my friend was like, "That's Hollywood dream right there." And then my friend was like, "That's every man's dream." Okay. Right there. And <laughs> I, an hour later, my friend was like, "Oh, that's that porn star I was telling you about," and I was kind of like, oh. "Oh, and you're spinning out all the eights out of your mouth." I yeah. mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just need to get drunk enough. I don't know. You had a good mom. I think that's what yeah. it is. You had a good mom. You had a yeah. good upbringing, and yeah. you have a respect factor. Not to say like, and no judgment on porn stars because I I think they're I great never judge them. And Yoshi, you know, has worked with them, and now we're friends. You just judge the way their asshole tastes. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's Yoshi's judgment, exactly. Everybody knows that. Um, But, you know, like you said, that's your own personal (laughs) preference, so that's cool. Yeah, my personal preference is not to be with porn stars. And it's kind of, of like, not really fair because the other girls at a club uh, might be fucking more than them. I just don't know about it. Yeah. Right. And you don't want to know. Yeah. But the thing is, my friend was like, "Why don't you just get a blowjob then?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of appealing because it's like oh, it's just a blowjob. It's kind of like more harmless." I'm kind of like, oh, "I gotta." Decide. There's medication for herpes. 
Um, and, and the, before we let you go, so what's what's your like big goals for the next ten years? You know, where where would you? I know you're very. Years, t- I'm very spur of the moment. Ten years scares the fuck out of me. I couldn't tell you what my goal is for the next. You want to have family years. by then? Um, no, Ooh. I do. I do. This is the thing. Because your fam- I, parents probably want. I would eventually mm-hmm. want a kid. Yeah. I don't know if I want the nagging bitch to go with that kid. You want, I, me, you want me to introduce you to Sasha Gray? She's Greek. No, she <laughs> really is Greek. Greek. She's a porn star, though. Not anymore. Oh, quit, not anymore. Quit four years ago. But you could Google her with five black dicks in her ass. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's, she's wonderful girl. No, but I actually do want to meet her because I've seen her. Uh, I've seen her non-porn stuff, and I've seen her um, choke on a dick. And no matter what she's doing, I, I kind of like. I, I kind of saw her, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this girl's cool. She's hot." I, I like her, and I actually would like to meet her. She, she's. I think you know we'd get along. I, 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 I promise I, I won't try to finger her with you there. <laughs> honest to God, I, because I've known her since she was eighteen. In the first movie she did was company that I used to work for, and um, this is one thing that most people don't know about her because they, you know how when girls put a lot of uh, not a lot but makeup and look really sexy, it just makes me laugh because that just I don't know. It's just it's a funny picture to me. Yeah. Because who acts, who look like that, you know, act like that, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. yeah, it's really goofy. But she's a, such a sweet girl. I mean, yeah. I can't emphasize it enough. She is such a sweet girl. And I think most people don't know that, you know? So, yeah, yeah. All um, right, you but, introduced me to yeah, Sasha Gray, and I'll introduce you to Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, my God. There we go. <laughs> it's a deal. It's a deal. And she should, she should be honored in, in the same company. And he should be honored to be in the same company as her. Because um, and I'll be honored to put my dick in either of their mouths. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy, but I love that pretty little late night mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's what we should. By the way, I'm going to email this uh, podcast to Jimmy Kimmel because, um, just because you know we talked about him a lot, and uh, you know I've oh you know you know what been really I, I, honest I, no, to no, this, no, so no, I'm going to send it to him. No, no disrespect to Jimmy, but. Man, cousin Sal is the guy <laughs> because I listened to him and Bill Simmons, and I love that talk on Mondays about uh, upcoming. You NFL just ruined betting. it. He's listening to this right now, and he was like, "Oh, Yoshi's cool. No, he really no, wants I to love meet Kimmel. me. He really wants to meet me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Jimmy's cool. But Fuck cousin, him. Sal, cousin Sal, yeah, I like his voice, and like whenever they huh. talk about football Pause. and stuff, man, what? <laughs> I love <laughs> Kimmel and uh, Adam, but yeah, that'd be great. Maybe me and uh, Sasha will come over and uh, watch the show with you guys. Next time you're on. Yeah, we'll go demo. to the green room. And yeah. Um, well, you know, multiple. Oral so I'll, I'll, bring, I'll, I'll bring Lily and, uh, you know, Ernie. She can come, but she has to let me finger her. Whoa. I'm just <laughs> Why? I hope you like Bush. Um, as long as it's not George Bush. <laughs> I'll, All give right. you, I'll give it to you. Um, so. I was going to say, is there anything for the listeners out there where they can catch you now with yeah, projects you're doing? Where can they find you? Um, well, it might be on repeats by now because all the episodes I'm on already aired, but mm-hmm. I'm on the Kroll show on Comedy Central. Oh, cool. Uh, I did the voice of uh, this character, Neptor, on <coughs> Cartoon Network, um, and that probably would be on the rerun tip, too. Yeah. Um, my group's 3Loco, twitter.com slash 3Loco. When are you performing? You Get next, bitches you know? in your chokehold. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we actually have a little bit of a break because uh, Riff Raff, one of the group members, is doing a solo tour. And then mm-hmm. when he gets back, we're going to do a couple shows. So I think Colorado and San Diego and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. But we're, we're working 
we're um, working on a project, like a comedy project together that we can't really talk about yet because it's in the beginning yeah. stages. But I'm um, I'm busy. You know, a couple years ago, I had a little bit of downtime, a little bit of a rut. Where I, not a couple years ago, more yeah. like more like five <laughs> years ago, I kind of was like in an unmotivated um, stage. But right now, I'm trying to hit it from all angles, and that is talking about women too, girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, girl. Okay. I want to. I want to be a fourth loco. I want to oh, go shit, rap girl. with Andy. <laughs> I want to be like, I can rap. Ernie could attest to my skills. See, I freestyle. She's sounding like every girl I've ever met in Hollywood. Yeah, no, you don't even know this. <laughs> All right, Andy. You know um, this man. I, I will make sure. Um, you know, I introduce you to my friend, and um, you know, I want you to hang out with my friends at Good Smiles, best toy company in Japan. But yeah, we, we definitely want to hook you up in Japan. They'll love sure. you over there. and uh, We didn't even talk about Japan, but Japan is number one on my list of places I want to go, and I'm trying to get there 2013, trying to eat some sushi and get some Harajuku girls to give me the <laughs> fucking sugar. <laughs> <girl. laughs> is that Gwen Stefanari? Yeah. All right, Andy, thanks, man. Hopla. I really want you to come back and do it yeah, again. For sure. Yeah, for Yeah, yeah. This thanks. was fun. Thank you for being fun. here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Andy. And guys, listen to Yoshi Didn't uh, on our, or like us on our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter, Yoshi Didn't. Yoshi Didn't. Thanks, guys. Good night.